0: Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you. Uh, if you're wondering why Kira is laughing, it's just some Scottish meta that you wouldn't understand. But maybe he'll reveal that little tidbit on the show at some point, who knows. Anyway, I am of course joined by Mr. Kira himself and of course by a friend of the show, Mr. Baji Kaisuki. From the LEC, LPL, of course, more recently. And of course, as I just mentioned, Tokyo Revengers, which is apparently. Oh, the name I haven't of that seen show. that.
1: That's why oh, I don't no. know the name. I know the show. I don't know the character. I need to write this shit down. I learned so much about myself.
0: Mate, I'm just a here. phantom of weeb knowledge over here. I can't lie. I'm I'm obviously <laughs> neck deep in this That's shit. That's what I put just, you down as, yeah. yeah ahead of the head of the curb, head of the curb. Anyway, before we get into anything esports, as you guys know. It is time for my patented would you rather? And again, I've lied because I always forget I am now hashtag esports only when it comes to would you rather so Naimera? My question for you is okay. would you rather that next year LEC has one incredibly strong and dominant team, Ala G2 2019, let's say, who have international aspirations, but every other team in every other team in the league is pretty weak. Or LEC has 10, yes, 10 incredibly evenly matched teams but with much more limited ceiling like you know hoping to scrape out a group oh, of worlds kind of ceiling. so what are you taking one great team lots of mediocre teams keep in mind the new format as well and how many uh how dragged out that gets when you make your answer uh, the, well put
1: it this way because i only have to tune into like a, a small amount of the lec games now because i'm off doing lpl stuff for me on an entertainment level i choose one really good team and just watch their games watch them absolutely pub stomp the entire thing and then get slightly you know excited for international competition where sadly even with a good by european standards team they're just not going to even get out of quarterfinals like that that's max so i i think actually on a lot of levels i think for a western league you kind of need to pick the one good team because we had one good team And that was GT 2019. And, you know, you could argue, like, um, 2018 Fnatic and a couple of other teams like that, too. But they were very different eras when Korea was collapsing. I think GT 2019 genuinely were world contending, which has, like, never happened from the West before. And we've we've rode that wave of, like, excitement and hope for, like, four years now at this point. And it's starting to peter off now because MSI was, you know, really pants. And Last Worlds was also pretty disastrous, too. But, like i think i'd choose one good team just to like have another wave so we can just like at least tide by for a little bit
0: more until we figure our shit out what are you thinking Kira? which one are you going for
2: both hey, suck a lot
1: uh... pick your poison <laughs> diarrhea like, I or constipation I, see, mate I,
2: I, yeah no like no at the end of the day i actually just don't care about the idea that any good team has to be of any nationality um. So, under that. But pretense, but casual fans do, and that adds into resources for the league. Yeah, but they're
0: that not on point, this show, so. Nymera. So fuck them, don't they? <laughs> uh I should have caveated for there I should have put in that you actually have to watch the games. That would have, uh you know, maybe <laughs> maybe jigs things.
1: Thing up. Is, I do get a sick satisfaction out of watching bad League of Legends too. There's a particularly famous game. I think it was Summer 2021. Burning Core versus Sengoku, where there's like a one team fight with like five different ultimates completely whiff and I was casting it and I just lose my shit. Like, I kind of live for that, deep inside my masochistic soul. Like, I don't mind watching bad teams play as long as it's funny bad. Like, Dignitas Renegades, I will have one of them every so often.
2: Right, okay, here's, here's, here's the thing. Okay, so, ten teams of like equal, like equal parity, right? The thing, uh, the thing about that is, I think it would... I don't actually think it would make for like as good a league as people think because people like storylines, people like mysticism, like people like, you know, the hero to kill the dragon, you know, like they actually, like folk do like it. It's like, oh, they won everything that year or like, oh, like they were going to win everything. And then that one team upset them and they finally overcame them. And then there is like a catharticism to like esports. Like most people, I've actually somewhat put this to the test. Um, a lot of people don't actually like really enjoy watching League of Legends as much as they claim. What they do is they, they enjoy the investment into like, individuals and personality of the game, because generally the game's just mm. not as fun to watch as other, e- other, other esports. So in saying that, I actually think having the one good team to build up the storyline feeds you like background and is more healthy somehow than 10 teams of equality. And that does it, tend to go on for
1: a year or two because if that team then fractures, you then have like, you know, the yeah, infinity the Gauntlet yeah. or the dragon ball scattering and yeah. stuff like that. And we've seen that we saw that with G2 as well, right? I mean, that's that's our real-world example of it.
0: Yeah. I think I, I kind of agree with what you're saying about that if every team is basically like equal, it is kind of hard on the face of it to build up storylines. But <laughs> at the same time, I would also say it kind of sums up how few interesting personalities we have in league because as an example, if you had, like, I don't know, people like uh, Boaster and, like, if the, if the big personalities were, like, dime a dozen in League of Legends, then I think it would be great. Yeah, if we had it a on every team. Exactly. Yeah. If you had, like, some big personality on every team and big fan bases on every team, I think then parity becomes really interesting, right? It's, like, in the Premier League, obviously, people talk about, like, the top six and like any team theoretically from game to game could beat any other team like I think that LCS
1: wasn't far off that this year though thinking about it where actually it's quite even with quite spread personalities I don't think it has again the same level of the personalities as like you know maybe some other other esports out there you can go towards like I actually think we could probably compare and contrast like the LCS side of that to LDC because I think LCS they've found more success in actually having a closer league rather than having the one successful team because that hasn't always translated to international success That's the real sad thing. If you have one very good team, which, I mean, we've had that with GT for multiple years, it then has to translate to something beyond your region 2 to actually reap those rewards of, like, the actual excitement and shit.
0: And I would just Uh, throw this at Kira, or both of you, because obviously you are both resident mm. LPL enjoyers. LPL usually does have a bunch of different teams that could win, and teams take series off each other all the time, (laughs) but generally, right? So, and I think that LPL is, like, the product is increased because everyone knows that there's like I would take I would take I would take an
1: entirely good league of good teams over one seriously good team and then like I would rather have a higher average level once it gets past a certain point because then actually you get to see like the mind game between how does a good team beat an equally good team as opposed to just like you know two mediocre teams waiting for one to make less mistakes or something like that I mean I think actually a lot of the world's... I think something like Swartz Weibo, the world's qualifying series and stuff like that from, from LPL was a pretty good example of something like that. Well, like, they're both good teams. They do have their flaws, so maybe it's not the best example there, too, actually thinking about it. But, I mean, I don't mind it once the level of the overall league gets to a certain point, which is why I like watching LPL so much.
0: But we've seen... It, my only point is we've seen it in the past sort of, like, I want to say 2015 like EDG and stuff like where we watch LPL and we think these are really good teams or just for some people just from a lazy analysis and we haven't watched that much we just assume they're better than the west and then actually half these Chinese teams suck it's that the LPL was just sort of laid out in a way where lots of teams could beat each other obviously nowadays it's more so that everyone's floor is at least an eight so like, to your point, Nymere, yeah. then it's great because, yeah, brilliant. The more teams who are in eight or above, the better. But I do think in the past with LPL, that wasn't the case. Like You actually had quite mm. low floors on those teams and it was still more interesting. Maybe because the players were just more interesting, um, sort of equivalency
2: for equivalency. So,
0: yeah, it's gone. Another
2: massive, massive contributing thing to this, just before obviously we move on, is... And this is about storylines and people's interest. The biggest thing, and it always is, and even with the improvements to LEC, it still holds true. I meant EDG biggest... twenty
0: sixteen, by the way, before people correct me, because I know EDG yeah, yeah. twenty fifteen was a banger. Sorry, gone.
2: That's all right. Um, the the biggest problem with League of Legends is leaks, is the actual leagues themselves, because leagues doesn't allow like cross pollination of like storylines. Like the yeah. LPL has its storylines, and Korea has. At storylines, and if you don't care about those storylines, you're never going to become invested in those players. But say like three, four times a year, the the Chinese teams were coming over to Europe and they were playing against like an assortment of like different, like LEC teams and like an open circuit for like three months or four months of the year. You know what I mean? You had like a concentrated European circuit for like a period, three or four tournaments, like one in Cologne, yada, 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 right? You'd have more and more people looking and learning about these LPL storylines. Like, obviously, like uh, just to no run right on a little bit too quickly, but like obviously everyone knows about like Night and your gals like rivalry coming from like the yeah. same gaming cafe, yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. right? Bro, let go. Like, go grab somebody like Flandre. Can someone who's a world champion, an actual world champion, right? Can anyone that's from the west tell me what Flandre's storyline was? Who he was? Who he was as a player? What well, you his, like, see, he was, was very good at Graves Top,
1: and then mm. he also played Graves Top, and then he was very good at Graves Top.
2: So that's what what I'm saying. So there's Ali, a world champion. Can anyone tell me, like, obviously Scout has got, like, because of his association with T1, has got, like, a much stronger, Mm -hmm. like, thing. But, like, could any of them really tell me, like, like, what, just general fans, like, Mako's story. Like, what does Mako mean to EDG? Why has Mako been on EDG for so long? Why is he, like, their chosen one? Could... Like these these are the types of things. And Riot isn't like explaining that at a post-Worlds documentary about EDG yeah. or like content around them or like filming them for their wins. So don't lots of I,
1: So there is a huge point on there and this will be a tangent or whatever. It's a good tangent. So I like it. But I think this is a problem in some ways, of a lot of the big broadcasts in League being their own product and not really wanting to advertise other products because they have to focus on their own shit and that is completely understandable, but you're not really going to see, you know, an update, that, you'll see like one LPL update or one LCK update in LEC per year, or you used to see that like years before this. I think actually now because of the format, they have so much content they need to do on the day because every game matters more that they kind of have to cram the show more, and I think they've cut some of their pre-shows as well down to like half length instead of the full length. Um, it means that you're not actually, even on the big broadcasts of people, you know, say in LEC or LCS or maybe even LCK, you don't really get to hear that much about the other leagues. And of course, LPL doesn't do that either, but we really don't have the resources to do like full pre-show because we're just sat mm-hmm. here yeah. instead of in a studio without as much graphics support. But I think that there really isn't that much stuff tying together. I think that actually this means that one of the most important moves that happened this year was Lore doing both LEC and LCK. I think that was actually huge because anything which ties multiple regions together is so important because I think actually one of the biggest things which League has as an eSport compared to others, is on the whole, our community is pretty tightly bound to the storylines that you do end up telling them. They actually do actually end up latching onto them pretty well. Um, The problem is, as Kira is very rightly saying, you don't actually introduce them to that many things outside of like this hot blaster worlds or MSI until like a team goes out and then you never really get to carry them forward. So I think any kind of cross pollination at League is so valuable, but very rarely achieved well.
0: Yeah, no, and that's why I think obviously like the co-streaming stuff that like Cadrell and yeah, Dominate spreads, yeah. Yeah, do yeah, and sure. stuff is like pretty important because and again people have been talking about this in relation to like the death of League in the West, whatever. But I actually think the inverse is more interesting, which is holy shit! Look how insane the Western LCK and LPL viewership is, right? Like that's yeah. definitely improved massively over the last. I mean, like Worlds qualifying
1: series for LPL was in um, a sixteen thousand seat arena. Yeah. And like, when Uzi came on the stage, I thought I got hearing damage. So, right. you know, like, they are absolutely crazy out there in the best way.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. Anyway, before we actually talk about LEC, I do want to quickly touch on EU Masters, because the final is obviously coming up. Uh, sorry, EMEA Masters. Uh, sorry, EMEA Masters. My mistake, my mistake. Uh, obviously, we, me and Kira discussed this a little bit on the last show, because... Uh, wanted to, you know, maybe steer some people who only watch LEC towards what were some outrageous series over the last couple of weeks, particularly involving, of course, K Corp and uh, Team Go most recently, and obviously Go and SKP the week before, which is, as I said, in my opinion, probably the most entertaining series of all time oh, in yeah. the West. Um, so, yeah, obviously, the final, for those that don't know, ignore that, ignore that, ignore that, ignore that. Uh, anyway... Cut. Yeah, no one will ever see that. You'll never know what I was talking about. So Carmine Corp are playing, obviously, Movistar Riders, uh, who won 3-0 versus Match Co. Oh, esports.
2: Sure.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So my very simple question for you, Nymera, is obviously prior to um, the last round of games, people were saying that sort of kind of by... MMA math calculation if you like that Carmine Corp might be the most dominant like ERL team of all time because for people who don't know they obviously beat Wildcats 3-0 who won the last EMEA Masters Mm. and looked incredibly dominant doing so but then of course they had this amazing series with Go in the semi-finals so how Mm. do you see this series like holistically do you think that K Corp still go in as favorites even though there was quite a contrast between how dominant Um... they both were in semis? So just to backtrack to the point about the dominance
1: thing, I think this tournament in general and Carmine Core as a team in general, and we can see this over multiple tournaments, it's really quite hard to gauge on that front because Carmine Core, they didn't look good in groups. When they won their last tournament, they came in through play-ins, they looked dog-shit in play-ins, they looked okay in groups, and suddenly they just exploded everything through playoffs. They got better each round. We were thinking the same thing was going to happen again because they lost two games to Machko in groups, which is why there was some hope for Machko on the other side of the bracket. Obviously, they got 3-0 by by Movistar. Um, But then they came into quarterfinals and Wildcats, like, the Wildcats, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. I think their drafts were pretty bad, but Calming Core, just as standalone, their early games were chef's kiss. They were so fucking good in a way that we hadn't seen in groups. So, like, it was hard to predict what would happen in that series because Carmen Core did so much better in an area which we hadn't seen in groups because that early game in groups was bad, very good in quarters. Then you go into the semi-finals and they're up against a team which knows them very well. And I think particularly when you have... Um, your strongest part of your team is your bot lane. It is, of course, Callist and, um, and Targamas who have done really, really well. But they're up against, you know, like Jezu on the other side as mm. well. So it's like, it's really hard to say... It, it, it was really hard for Corps in a stylistic sense to say, you know, actually we have a strength versus like an uncontested strength or something like that. Where I think that um, Bao, sadly for Wildcats, didn't have... I think Bao and Paris, they were very good in spring. They didn't have the best quarterfinals. I think because Jezu was on such good form, we saw that with the vein game and stuff like that. He pulled out against Carmen core Um that was what made it close i think actually bot lane performance is very very important to play against calming core so in terms of like wrapping all that up into a big point in terms of how dominant are calming core how good should we feel about them in finals i don't think calming core are as dominant as previous tournaments that they have won i don't think they're as dominant as wildcats were in spring either but that doesn't mean they can't be as good as those teams when we get to the finals i'm very interested to see if they grow again but the real test for that will be this bot lane matchup because super on the other side for movistar is cracked. That guy is absolutely insane. Kalist versus uh, you know Super, that should absolutely be the matchup to watch, I think. I think both these eighty carries have been the best in the tournament. And I'm very interested to see what Carmen Core will do against another top tier bot lane because they were taking the five games against Jezu on Team Geo. And that made it a lot more of a close affair than I think a lot of people would have had it written down for.
0: How dare Nymeren not name drop my boy Camilius in that bot lane as well, by the way. For people who didn't I, watch that series... I
1: like him. Okay, he was great. Don't get for me the wrong. Like, games, <laughs>
0: for the first three games, that was support diff, by the way. Like, chasm, chasm, oh, chasm yeah. support diff. And then Targamas tail between his legs, take picks up the center, obviously, and what can you fucking do? Oh, it's like a
1: 10-kill game. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> no, I
0: mean, it, but, no, like, honestly, that those first three games, though... Like, by the way, I would say um that i don't think like Camilius played like at his best in some of the games in like euma or whatever but in that series specifically in the first three games he was fucking unreal i um, mean obviously yeah. jezu's form during the whole tournament has been well and up there um, i will
1: say the last game was saken just doing crazy shit on rise yeah. um or like was that game four i think it was game five no, right but like
2: g- game five was talia saken
1: Um, Game four was game game four. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I was trying to remember if it was game four or five. I just remember it being talked about a lot. And I think that, like, for the first time this tournament, maybe outside of the tiebreaker game that Saiyan had versus natives, like, I really felt like Saiyan turned up to play. I think that he's been a little bit quiet this tournament, too. Um, So seeing that in that that series as well was very important. I don't really know how much mid lane is going to factor into finals because I do think it is just so AD Mm. carry and support focused, though.
0: But what, I mean, where are you, before I move on to Kira, where, where are you leaning uh, on this matchup? Like, what, if you had to give a prediction, as it were, what, what do you think is the most likely result? Um,
1: I think it's calming core. I think it can be close. I think you're looking at two teams which have started to excel in the early game. Um, and of course some of the series games did go very long for carbon core as well. And it went to like game team fights. I think Morvistar are probably still the better early game team. I think that they just have such a way of like roaming into the enemy jungle, um, and making a real mess of things. And particularly if super gets Zeri, I think Zeri is probably going to be the most hotly contested pick in the entire series that might make it through Pans. We'll see. Um, the fact that you can just dash over walls and get to the fights early means that these early games really do get 80 carries far ahead, as opposed to like jungler with like five kills so the 80 carry with five kills that ends the game. Um, I think that Cabochard has had an incredible tournament so far. Yeah. I think that when you look at... It's Marky on the other side, right? Yeah, it's Marky. Um, but a Brit forgot name. name. Um, I think that Cabochard will outvalue on teamfight impact there. And I think that actually might be the difference maker outside of the key matchup. I think both AD carries are going to do great. But like if suddenly you've got like an owner or doing doing like, incredible teamfight work from Cabochard, I think that will give... Callist the extra kind of leg room to to make things work i think it could be a five game series depending on how early games flip and how drafts work as well I think common win because their supporting cast can power up, power up their super carry much more
0: yeah and for people who don't know um the significance of the sort of last series for me or one of the biggest significances, obviously the the top lane matchup was cabochard versus ragnar who is someone that a lot of people have tipped to be an lec level player who well he was the ldlc top player when ldlc were winning everything so yeah and he and he has been very good and he's had good game very good games in this tournament as well but cabochard did kind of diff him pretty heavily in that series so yeah that was uh that was interesting yeah kira what what do you think of this uh matchup do you see an angle where where the spaniards do it what do you think
2: Uh, I, i don't I'm not really like hanging kind of professional enough in the knowledge of the. Spanish. I'm going to die, Yamato. Uh, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, not professional enough in the knowledge of the Spanish team to comment. Uh, like I've not really got that much to say about this series.
0: But like, if you're I, if you're channeling Yamato canon, then you've at least watched all the K Corp games, haven't you? To farm engagement. so tell me, tell me all about all. I've
2: actually wa- No, I have actually watched all the games because I watched at acid yesterday because he's a GP. Um, yeah. Dedicated GP That's player. Disney, yeah. Great. Yeah, I, I haven't um, the, I actually always wanted to see like having the uh, is it the top planner for the destroy the, is the uh, Wildcats, top... yeah. yeah, he's a dedicated GP player as well. He's nuts. He's crazy on that pick. But, he was
1: rumble one tricking this year, but yeah, they both play GP. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can't <clears throat> remember. I didn't watch like a, a Turkey native last year. The blue <laughs> wasn't there, so I, I didn't do my research. Um, I don't know. Like I would just <sighs> Carmen Corp hands deaf. I don't know. Like, but like. Seeing Karmen Corp don't dominate their lanes. they suck. They really that do. True. That is true, they at least suck. recently. So that, was recently. The problem versus na- that was the yeah. problem
1: with natives in groups where effectively they wouldn't get far enough ahead versus natives. And natives would draft stuff which could just 5v5 so fucking well. Yeah. I think particularly um like looking back to that group stage, I think Denver requires like a huge shout out for being such a good um leader of kind of in terms of like a strategic way. I think he's very good at like um saying in draft and in-game, like how do we win this game? And, like, applying that to a team against like K-Corp, K- which, as you said, very good in lane. Less of that identity compared to their last tournament wins where they would get, like, 30 CS leads in every lane and then just win by, like, 5k difference, even if they lose, like, four kills early. Because they just, you know, they were so far ahead in CS. I don't think they're that far ahead individually in this tournament, which means that they can't rely on that as a solid win condition, which means that, actually, if you do come up against very good team-fighting teams, which can also face them individually, they're not just de facto winning like they were in
2: previous splits.
0: Yeah.
2: And, Pete, sorry, you
0: no i was just going to say um also for again people who haven't uh watched maybe that much emea or whatever are there any players nightmare that you would highlight uh from this tournament that you could see having potentially a future in lec obviously you've spoken a little bit about the ad carries but then again ad carries a ludicrously stacked role in europe like do, do you imagine uh any of these guys will be in um, the spotlight i mean i think cabochard have wanted to go to lec
1: he could and yeah. he has been able to... He's turned down LEC office for yeah. years. Because what you have to look at is where are the weak roles in um, LEC right now? I actually think that Jungle Lady carry are pretty good. And that's a shame because that's where a lot of our good Emir Masters players are. Yeah. Maybe looking towards a couple of supports. I think Himalus had a good tournament. I think that, um, of course, they've had like... Targumus is a bit of a weird one now because he had a pretty bad exit from mm. LEC. But he's, he's had some good moments. His... It, Sammy but nothing to awesome. say it can't
2: be good on a different team. The same way as yeah. uh, Vethio was good on a different team. Yeah. Like some groups of players are just not meant to like work together. That's you can true. be great. You can be
0: great somewhere else. I'm out on Targamas by the way. I'm just going to say I'm so out on this guy. Oh, we know you are. Nah, but also someone who's not at the tournament who people mm-hmm. should keep an eye on is Zolis. And I know LDLC didn't oh, have yeah, the, yeah, they yeah. didn't have the best summer, obviously. But that guy's insane as well. So. Um.
1: So well, yeah, he was there in spring. I keep forgetting which Bloody Team he was on, but yeah, am I remember. Wait, just am, I, am I losing my mind?
2: Yeah. Is this the first time Cappo won LFL? Like, eh, not LFL, uh, LFL uh, playoffs. Yeah. So the the first with KP. So,
1: so, this is something that Car- Sam was saying on cast actually for calming call was against Wildcast was saying actually. This is the first time that Core has come in as LFL first seed since the first split that yeah. they entered the LFL, something like that, or like the first time that they qualified yeah, for the Masters. Yeah, because Thakum played with Adam, Adam, and then they yeah. like
2: lost a bunch. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is like uh, his first chance at a double mm. domestic, and then like uh, regional champion. Right? Okay. That's pretty cool for Cabo. Um, I think top so there's some people in like top lane and EU that are just absolutely like terrible support as well like i think Uh, there's also like some junglers that you literally could kick out the league and you wouldn't like even bat an eye at
1: but we'll get we'll get to that and so so what that means now is like i think isma's been really good on mobstar riders i think that super is cracked super and callist if they if there were ad carry openings in lec i think they'd be the first to get looked at and i think maybe because of market forces and like I don't know how paychecks are going to go for LEC. Hmm. Maybe they do dip down towards ERLs and say, can we get someone for, you know, cheaper because they've not been in LEC before. That might be the case. I think that Kufta didn't have the best tournament this time around from mid lane for Wildcats, but is really good. And he's also a very good Jace player, which there aren't that many good Jace players in EU. You've got like a couple, which are very good. I think Humanoid's had some good Jace games and... and, um, God, who else is actually good at that champion? Yeah, I think that, yeah, maybe just get cuffed because he's really good at Jason, that's meta right now. I think Bao as well, but he's Korean in port, so Korean residency. I, I think you could probably take individually most of the Wildcats roster. I I think Seiken is good enough to be an LEC mid laner, it's just whether he'd find a team which
2: fits him. He can um, play, he can do what Nock does, man. Nook's fucking shat. He's fucking terrible.
1: This is the I'm thing, sorry, like I think, there's I think so much. Well, I know who
2: Nuck is now. I know who Nuck is. He can, if we're talking about who he can replace. Like, he can replace Nuck. I'm like fed uh, that that bottleneck's <laughs> actually yeah, so bad. Like, I'm so fed up. Like, there's an up chance mm. that like sacking could be like very, very, a very, very good player. Like a uh, vco esque player, where uh, in a narrow way he is excellent, and in another narrow way he has. Yeah, uh, I, Saken, flaws.
0: I I actually think that. Uh... I, I, I get the comparison in some respects. I actually think that Saken is more reliable than VTO. I think he has a more replicable play style yeah. where he seems to find ways to VTO be effective. VTO requires some yeah, circumstances. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but
2: that's also just because where their skill sets are at. Like, Saken is extremely strong, like, learning fundamentals, oh, well, good understanding of, like, push and pull of lane and using jungle for, like, extended but back But Saken can
0: win you the game when he didn't get monster far ahead early. Like, he can make, like... Individual plays late, whereas mm. Vito really like Vito has to be escorted to the mid
2: game and the Olympics. Uh, also a contributor to like why KC has team fighting problems.
0: Sure, actually, that's 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 to half extent, fair, but
1: then, but, like, he's but good then, at but then you look picks. at the games they won in semi finals and like his Talia and Ryze
2: were so good. Yeah, they were as so well. good, but I'm, I'm not yeah. talking about specific games, I'm talking about the general pattern of who you are yeah. like day to day to day. Because if I grow grab Vito. Um, during the like, periods of spring he's like actually winning lanes but no one would describe Veio as like a strong laner like spring yeah, last year yeah. you know what I mean like just because there was a period in which you are one way like doesn't mm. it doesn't override like the general That's trend. fair. I, I mean I bet so, that guy as
0: well for example no, here's
2: here's one what, what fair. that's an interesting one right? that's good mm. so K- Calest is obviously like this prodigal you know the second son like, he some... won't be eligible next
1: year for LEC though because he's only given you 17 and isn't minimum age requirement no. for LEC going up to oh, are they changing 18? It? I was thinking, because mm. didn't they delay that for this year? They were talking about it. I but, thought it wasn't coming in this year. But there's a chance that Callisto will not be able to play LEC next, next year because he, he'll
2: only be 17. He reminds me of a young double left where he just gets caught Explain. and then gets bail- he gets, caught and gets bailed out and then it looks sick but like the getting po- oh, caught won't part he won v nine
1: so many games though which yeah, but the other side they- of the double of thing. so i get he- it but,
2: he- but they call it, like the getting caught part is like the not good bit because as players yeah. get better you you get bailed yeah. out less and less and less because they execute and they more likely kill you like mm. um that's like just my weird analogy uh i think he's, yeah it's like yeah. super good um Again, with the AD carries,
0: it's really interesting. Like, we talked about uh, this with Seal when he was like trying to Mm. sing Flax praises uh, last split, and we all agree that Flax is a good player. But again, I just pulled up like the the roster of all the LEC AD carries, and they are all good. All of them. Every single one of them is a good player. If you're going
1: to be a good ERL AD carry right now, it's a very difficult spot, and that's why you have players like Reckless trying to roll swap to support. Because, you know, I look at you know, like Bao, Calis, Super from the first seeds of ERLs, they're all fucking good. I think Jezu. Ben Boxner had a great tournament. You have Jezu. Um, I think Trigger's had some great games too. I mean, who else can you throw in there? Legolas has been around for forever. Funky's not bad. Uh, like Avra on GTZ has some great games too even, like you've got a hell of a lot of good players hanging around there, the problem is like you you then have to look at the roles which just aren't as good in EU, which I think a lot of people would agree is top lane right now, I think support has some openings and I think even mid has some openings too because, well I don't think you have all of the underperforming mids, you have some mids which are just kind of playing their role but not really excelling to this point right now
0: that's that, that I would say. Yeah, there's two things on the mid. One is that, again, we talked about this with ABBA, where for some reason EU Mids just aren't really like limit testing anymore in lane, it seems. Like all the really good players who, like Caps, for example, he's not been super proficient even laning, even though he's overall had like kind of a good mm. year, I guess. But by his standards, maybe not amazing. Humanoids cares about laning a bit. And Larson's like good at laning but with his very specific almost froggen-esque style so you don't really have these people who are like it's like if you took uh, bits and pieces from every mid lane exactly. you can
1: make a world-class mid laner but yeah. like it feels like right now so Larson needs to be on like mid. tristana i think Larson Perhaps needs S's to be in class uh, in a very Same. specific style i don't think he is right now though i mean i don't i think he's very good when he gets that general and gets comment a, a, it's
0: for um, me, okay. Larson's. A, for me personally, Larson's the best. Like in my opinion, Larson's the best. Overall, but, yeah. but I think that, um, that basically, there's like excluding people like Larson and Caps or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the bottom half mid laners they all have all right. flaws, which could mean that they are theoretically replaceable. So-
1: but kind of like wrapping that up and saying from like a mere masters, who would I say like would get the tip to go to LEC? The problem is there's a lot of people who are just on the cusp as well. Yeah. Where I'm like, I couldn't realistically say it. So for instance, I think that Acidy and Click from Matchco, they're that, they're close. They're really close. I think Acidy on his right carries really just wrecks lane. Um, uh, There is kind of an internal joke in like the PG scene though that Acid, like he absolutely shits the bed and then in mid game it doesn't matter. He's like 0 5 and he kills everyone, which is. It comes true more often mm. than not, which is kind of crazy. I think that click on engagement. That's probably is like, well, not I'll
0: replicable still. in LEC though, I would That's I would the say.
1: What
2: are they gonna I, play yeah. G P? He, he I mean he's playing uh, GP if he's Gonna play G P it's replicable in LEC. I've been saying to everyone, I don't know why GP's yeah. just like just like forgotten, like people just memory hole. It's still broken. Oh, do you if you think ADCs are broken right now, what do you think GPS? He is literally a top lane ADC Let's
0: keep in mind, though, that there's no guarantee that it's going to be so sort of level six bot lane centric like next split, right? Which is what we're yeah, that's projecting. That's the problem. No, no, because with the coming through, it's really hard to like build a roster in that.
1: Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Now, I'm,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm talking now, like all, all the like loads of the LEC teams now t- these days should have been playing GP In my opinion, I think yeah, no, it, it was. I, the I the think image. it was broken. Yeah, So I think that Asti and Click are kind of like on
1: the <coughs> cusp. I think that like most of Wildcats, a good portion of Calming Core and I think I th- Gen X is fucking crazy for, for SK Prime as well. Like how, I, I think he had a, I think he was actually still LEC worthy this year. I, I'm not entirely sure why he was dropped. I think he was very solid. Um, so I think he's more than worthy of that still. I think that Super Alvaro and Isma particularly from from Mobstar Riders um, caught my eye. Then Vox is on the cusp again. Like he has some great moments but then he has some blunders too in late game so I'm like I don't know. I, I I hope he gets there one day. He's, he's, he's very intelligent about the game. And then after that, it's like, again, you've got a lot of people who are just like, on the cusp. Even people like Chackalad really good on, on the side of BK Rogue still. Like, he had some great see, games. See, here's
2: and... the thing. What, the people who are on the cusp, generally, generally, right, should not be like getting the chance. And I mean no, that in the most like, ingrati- I, like
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they did and people took a chance on them. I wouldn't give them the tip you should right be looking now, at the, but
2: yeah. You should be looking at the people being like, Holy shit, they're so overqualified. Like, before you look at the person, like, I mean, she'd be able to play in Australia? Yeah like, like... yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, Cabo- <laughs> like, Cabochard is very overqualified. Yeah. Like, you feel very oh, comfortable. Easy, so. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that boy is hard chilling in France, so. Oh, good, um, who,
1: who am I? Him. Also, like, fucking Linsis as well. That's the other oh, name Linkus. which I've not mentioned. Yeah. L- L- yeah. Linsis on Team Gio, like, th- that guy was almost in. I'm trying to remember who was looking at him this off season.
0: XL. I'm trying
1: to remember if he almost went to someone like I don't think GT were looking at him. Maybe they were. It was like, it was a bunch. Was like, S, it was SK,
0: SK, XL. Yeah. Um, even thought, mad when they thought they might lose Oyoya. Yeah. It was a bunch. But of like This is fucking
1: play. great. This guy has the widest jungle champion pool I've seen in ERLs. Like he'll play. He was playing loads of shit out of metal last year. He'll he'll play you know all of your engage stuff, but your carry stuff too. He's a great Graves player. He's a great Talia player. So he can play the more like. Mechanically proficient like teamfight champions too. Like, I think actually, no thinking about it, that's the player which I'd say. Like, Lincis, out of all the players in Amir Masters, even though of course they didn't like make it as far as some of the other teams like that guy on, as an individual level he has so much potential even yeah. if he's not even at su- the level of some of the more qualified people right now he has so much potential there's he just one question mark
0: over linkers though which is geo are such a mal-coordinated team half the time when it comes to like specifically team fight mm. focus that <laughs> i don't know who's calling it. my theory on this has been that they've got too many chefs in that kitchen because i know that comilius Maybe. is incredibly active in comms i assume linkers apart from anything else because he's the jungler is probably pretty active in comms and i know some of those other players i'm trying are quite to remember how it in wasn't dusty
1: because they were really good at team fighting in dusty when they won nlc and like he was a big part of that so i don't know whether it's just a, it, it might just go back that to go like team should saying, have like, been sometimes it's a team thing.
0: the best in my opinion that go team should have been the best erl team if you just go talent for talent though yeah. like in every position yeah, yeah, I can i
2: raise you a hypothetical you're an LEC team and you're kicking your jungle and i'm not saying it's maorang okay but <laughs> right okay it starts with an M. His username starts with an M. So, Mad Lines, i
1: you... oh my God,
2: I can't believe you suggest no. that. <laughs> is it? Are you getting Linkas, or would you roll the dice on Selfmade, who's looking to come back to pro?
0: Oh, easy. That's such an easy one for me. It's Linkas all day long. Uh, first of all, Selfmade, it's not like, obviously Selfmade was very good, very talented, of course, great. And this is not a diss against him at all. But it's not like this guy was a forgiven level talent like in his prime or like you know whatever season three faker or something he was just like a very very good jungler like absolutely like a top three jungler let's say but he has so much fucking baggage and hasn't played the game competitively in so long why the fuck would you like it's so likely to go bad you've actually
2: just described ball
0: well, sure. What What? I mean. No, do you think
1: you have? You've literally just But no. But, but I'm just going to sit back and watch this. I'm just going
0: to Bo, see what you come up with. Bo is much more of a generational talent than self made, though. Like, by what, pure ability by what to. Metric? But hands. Pure hands. Right, okay. Mate, I, if I'm I put Bo, say, if I put Bo in AD carry, if I put Bo in an AD carry position in Europe, he's a top five AD carry in LEC no, overnight, No, you're off your fucking
2: head. No, no o- o- Overnight, you're, overnight. You are smoking so much, no, Crank, mate. Is this unbelievable. guy. Bo, Bo, <laughs> chilling over here. <laughs> Bo,
0: <laughs> Bo is a brainless, all hands, mechanical, have generational Remember, talent.
2: Bo, right? Okay, at the exact same. Okay, so Bo got a job in 2023, right? Okay, right. One second. I'm not even a hater, cause I even said like taking the chance on him wasn't that bad. We, mean you, were both here saying like I would want him to be the best player in LEC, cause he's yeah, so yeah. so much fun to watch. So Bo got a job in 2023 based off of things that he'd done in 2021, right? Okay. Yeah. If you go back to when Selfmade, what Selfmade was doing like what was self-made
0: doing people talk about self-made like he was some fucking god tier
2: player he was quite good like he was very good at his best he, wasn't he was was like, almost he was almost beating tes, in a I, days days TES. now With nemesis as his mid laner hand Children, I'm just saying it's time to stop arguing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Nah. It's the same.
0: Nah, you've it's lost your same. mind. You've, uh, you've oh, lost no, your mind, mate. I've lost your, your mind. mind.
2: <laughs> all I'm doing is drawing parallels from how people take one person and move a time metric for them. No, 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 no. no. Move I have sunglasses like, and that's it. I don't have a pina colada.
0: You're talking about him <laughs> like he is <laughs> faker. He's fucking, he's Jesu, mate. You're not stopping. He's all right. Mate, oh, no, no, th- stopping. Th- 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 this you just not, stop. You, yeah, go on. What do you need you pack? me for?
2: Who's your pet?
0: There's uh, there's
1: no right answer here. The other one's going to hate me. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Linsus saw self-made. Yeah, for for Koi. Oh fucking hell. Um I think for Koi, I think I would pick Linsus as long as the coaching staff have Base. a clear vision for the team because I think that Someone like Selfmade, the, the problem with like some more veteran players is that they have a style of play which then you have to kind of like match with your with your coach. I think someone like Linsus is so versatile right now that I think if you have a very coherent coaching staff, which I, I'm not assuming they will have on Koi, I think the highest potential is out of coaching a jungler like Linsus to be LEC standard because it fits your ideal of the team. I think with someone like Selfmade, you'd ideally like to have a lot of people on the same page as him first and I think that's harder to do. If you're if you're building a roster from scratch, I think you could put Selfmade made in and get more value. If you're just replacing an incoming piece, I think I'd go Lincis. And as it stands right now, I'd say Linces because I think that's here, pretty really fucking good. Here's anyway. the
0: problem, right? And obviously, no like, you know, uh, there are different reasons for why people frame it and you're always no. going to frame it from a gameplay perspective in this sense. But just spoiler alert to all the fans who are still for some reason confused about why Selfmade made doesn't have a team spoiler it's not because he's a bad player it's because he's a cunt that's why he's not the team so yes i'm going to take a chance on the guy who's objectively very talented has he played LEC yet no is he probably going to be quite good because of all the reasons i'm error listed no
1: note on this too the last junglers to come up from erls have kicked ass even the ones which i was unsure about actually yeah yike was fucking great show was good and 113 did better than he yeah. had any right to, given his yeah. last split on Karmicor and shit like oh, that. I think Sheo like one one three uh one one three have all done incredibly well. Marcoon before that as well did a great yeah, job yeah. as well. Yeah. I actually think that considering that jungler is the hardest role to take from um, like second tier to pro and then obviously from like any level of up, pro up um mm. of play upwards, I think that LEC has done a great job of integrating junglers. Now imagine if you can do that again with Linsus. I think that would be
2: incredibly high value. So See, I'm gonna keep doing that. not just because I love
1: him because of his NLC days as well, where I got
0: to cast him there. That, was, that yeah, was a fun I, time. I, we enjoyed it I, a lot. I, I, would, I would pick Lincis. All of that and this little rodent picks Lincis anyway. Fucking <laughs> hell. Anyway, the <laughs> conclusion The, the just conclusion from then. that segment is that Bo would be a top four AD carry in Europe. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Right, so we're going to talk uh, LEC now, of course. And before we get to the grand final, which will obviously be on the Sunday, where G2 awaits the winners of MAD versus Fnatic. Now, obviously, this is a pretty interesting one because um obviously fanatic beat out xl in what was a very close yet i would say not particularly high quality best of five series um and then on the other side of the bracket obviously mad fell 3-1 to g2 in what felt like a if we want to win we will win g2 side if we don't really care that much about winning we will choose to lose rather than anything else that's just my take though so nightmare of these two teams Fnatic and mad Which team do you have more faith in? I'm going to phrase this very specifically because I think this is what is basically most important about this series. Which team do you have more faith in to become good during the course of this series? Because I think it is fair to say that we basically got G2, who are playing at a very decent level. Not, you know, 2019 G2, Mm. but a very good level. And all the other teams do seem to be very, very flawed. So which team do you have more faith will show you in this series that they are worthy of putting up a good fight against G2? What do you think? So what you have to do there, is assess
1: all of the moving parts of both teams, and there are quite a few drastic ones, and say... How high up does that move for each person? Because I think on the side of Fnatic, you have Razork, which goes from very bad to very good, very quickly, depending on how him and his team communicate. I think Humanoid as well is on that list too, where sometimes he absolutely smashes lane, does incredible amounts of damage in other games, completely ins his tits off, and he does very little things. Um, They still have wonder playing, I presume? I don't know about that, but I'm going to presume it's Wonderplaying playing until Worlds. I I don't know, but it, I'm going to assume that just for the sake of argument, because that's that's the last thing that we saw. Um, and hell, even Trimby has some god-awful Nautilus games as well, um, recently too, against BDS. So I think Fnatic have a lot of moving parts. On the other side, you have Mad Lions having Niski going pretty bad, pretty good. Um, I think you have Chasey going from very bad... So actually, very good at points too. I think earlier in the year we've seen Chasey be very good. I think Kazi has actually been pretty legit for most of this um, playoffs run so far. I think may, somehow I think actually Mad Lions might have the most stability, which is not what I would have mm-hmm. thought, given how that their, their track record this year when they went on like seven loss streak before even getting in towards like the final stage of things as well.
0: Yeah. T- eight, I think.
1: I, I, something like that. Yeah. It was eight. Like, uh, so funnily enough. That actually tracks with how often they were posting Kazi's fanfiction. Just a little mm. conspiracy theory out there. If anyone wants- if you see any Kazi fanfic getting posted, like I'm not saying it's a good sign, but the science doesn't lie. Um but I think I think I have more faith in Mad showing her against the fanatic. I actually don't think their series versus G2 is that bad. I think game four ended in the weirdest way versus G2, but I think particularly Kazi is showing again why he's really fucking good and actually been quite underrated for quite a long time now. Um, And I think Fnatic, they have more moving pieces, which gives me less faith in them. That one of them won't drastically fail in a couple of games. So in terms of getting better throughout the series, I mean, technically Fnatic have the higher potential. In terms of my faith, I think Mad High have more faith in to be a better team.
0: So just to quickly follow up on on the last statement you made, because obviously this has been a narrative that's been going on for like the whole season, it feels like, which is Fnatic ceiling. And my question to you is... Do you still believe they actually have a high ceiling? Or do you think that basically being inconsistent kind of is their ceiling? And what I mean by that is like Kira's always talked Um, a lot about like how Razork at his best is like unbelievable. He covers all three lanes at the same time. Incredible. But it could just be the case that your ceiling is, you can only do that three out of 10 games or whatever it is, right? mm -hmm. Five out of 10 games. So do you think that Fnatic actually has a consistency issue or do you feel like actually their ceiling is still inconsistent
1: I think that both of those things are true I think they have a consistency issue and I think that the ceiling is also questionable
0: at points I but can it be fixed it- do you think do you have any reason to believe they'll fix it and become consistent or do you think that maybe they have um, kind of maxed out in that sense
1: I think they can be better than what they've shown so f- f- I mean when was the last time we saw them be really good groups right I guess coming out of groups this split were doing pretty well at the start of it the sk series i think they were pretty clean if i remember correctly i can't i can't even remember that far ago at Hmm. this point yeah that sounds about right actually maybe the sk series um but then you look at the last two best of fives they've gone to five games they have been i mean one of them was one with wonder of course that's you know that that changes the equation a little bit And, and actually changing any member of a team is is pretty pretty wild in that regard I don't know if I have huge faith in their ceiling at this point. I think that, partly, I don't know if they know how they want to play the game all the time, which really doesn't help that. Whereas I think that, at least with a team like Mad Lions, who also have flaws, they have, at points, managed to find a way that they want to play the game successfully. Um, particularly when Chase is on form and Kaze is allowed to team teamfight very well. Um which is completely the opposite of what I thought would be at the start of the year, by the way. I thought that everything would be going towards carry Chasey top lane as he came in from the year else when he was playing in NLC. Um, but I think they found some ways that they're very comfortable in playing. Fnatic feels like they never really know what they want to play. Um, and, you know, there's every chance that they could miraculously turn that around. But based on what we've seen, I'm not hugely big fan of their drafts. I think that you saw them forcing the Trimby Nautilus a lot and that didn't work them very well. And um, yeah, so I think now at this point... I'm not sure I believe in Fnatic's consistent ceiling
0: Yeah hmm. what, what do you think Kira? Like what do you make of these two teams? Do you trust one team over the
2: other? Nah, there's a lot to unpack here Um. First of all I did say G2 Mad Lions would be like Close and uh, like an absolute like, bloodbath G2 just seemed to stomp the very first game And then they just Jekyll and Hyde it and they become This malformed other thing But I'll move on So Fnatic, right? So here's the upside. Wonder requires like little to no jungle attention. So Razork only now needs to play around two lanes instead of trying to play around three. So that has made Razork look more like consistent and it has allowed them to play more uh, lane, singular lane focused farming junglers, i.e. Carthus. You know what I mean? Carthus doesn't really want to be like Ganking as per se, he wants to be farming in his jungle and maybe going to like surefire ganks and bot lanes through like bush or like top lane, but we're not going top lane, so I'll move on. So it's good. The problem is, is Wonder just loses all his lanes independent of like (laughs) jungle being there. So he doesn't, he loses most of them, put it that way. He's like playing below par, which is fine, like he's just been brought in. You know what I mean? There's no none to say he's been practicing or anything. Like he can't expect like how he played to beat BDS. It's like yeah, well, good job, Wonder. Like that was that was great. EU um, the shy. Yeah, we're getting it. So if you actually go look at the waves that BDS had to like lose, it was like brownie not flashing or like playing Ezreal and walking into Iron <clears throat> Roots or playing Sever and not spell shooting or flashing properly. I don't think across the broad of consistency, Karze will be that bad. I think it's so much harder to get gold leads off of Karze. But, when I watched Mad Lions and I watched them play the Zillion comp, and I watched them using like the Zillion on Chase and them not understanding, Mad Lions ha- seem to have a very poor understanding of ranges and team comp actual execution. Uh, like, just like, um, you know, what I mean, like the Swain not counting out the Swain ult and playing for disengage, not using like the Zil, abusing the Zillion ult with like Karze. Like there was lots of things. I think that um, series was like Neski's worst series in like a, a good while. I think he's been pretty good. Uh, he still then. had some good games. Game two and three was still pretty good. Game two especially
1: because like he just slaughtered Caps on the Azir Tristana matchup.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but like Caps was actually like griefing. Like yeah, that's yeah. I- I- yeah, like, Nisky didn't. Nisky could literally stood still and just stat-checked, uh, stat-checked Caps. He dodged no skill shots, he dodged <clears throat> no movements, Caps leaked into him, and I think Nisky ulted him and killed him, yeah? Because Caps thought maybe that Nisky's ult was down, I think that's why he went, um, it's like, cool, like, that? Th- that's an amazing, like, no, it's just whatever, like, that's just Caps being an idiot. Um, the real concern is that Noah and Trimby, and I've been banging on about this for so long and it's, I don't know how this has slipped under the radar. They produce no lanes independent of other people doing things for them. Trimby dies in lane, attempting to win 2v2s so often. Those are not one lanes. If you're winning lanes through picks, like so you're like higher CS, it's the metric of how high your CS in context of that situation is how well you played out that lane. You Just because you're 10 CS in the matchup, that actually might be you played the lane poorly. You should be like 15, 20, 25, plates gone, and they should have been frozen off. Like, these are the things you have to contextualise and independent. Of people being there. Trimby is engaging constantly on Nautilus and dying in Lane. Now, Trimby's doing other things really, really good. In the mid to late game, his like chain CC like engages are like re- are really good. He doesn't seem to be getting into his own head where like he's like engaging and it's a bad one and he dies. And he's engaging mm-hmm. and it's a bad one and he dies, but he's not really like, you know, tabbing and looking at his scorecard. He's constantly looking for the next best pick. Uh, yes, it's... finally, an it's to hell sang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some sometimes it's putting fanatic into a hole you know each one of um, those is game one versus
1: bds if you look yeah. at the mid lane team fights a lot of it's trying to be just like alting when like there's like full resources everywhere and Nautilus just immediately dies yeah. yeah it's really
2: bad so th- that's okay the second of, the second thing i was like, I would like to talk about is both these teams have like somewhat contested jungle like both have an affinity towards poppy both have mm-hmm. an affinity towards ivan but no shared karthas and mm. Uh, the Talia pick can be taken away from uh, Mad Lions with uh, Razork. Okay, so Razork we really be willing to play like the Talia, and if you, I think if you look at, if you think if you look generally at how Mad Lions will look to win, a lot of it, and I've, it's the same again, is all around. A lawyer into Razork, who can trade sides and who can win sides better? Because when you were watching G two, Yike was ganking bottom and a lawyer was ganking top, and a lawyer was getting double killed under the turret with his top laner, and then G two were also winning bot lane. That is, that is not acceptable in modern. But legal I would say
1: I don't think that's going to happen against Wonder. I think that Wonder, while he's he, been gracefully yes. losing lanes, he's not going to do that. I think like this comes into a bigger issue in terms of what you just laid out in terms of. Fnatic's bot lane don't, to, don't tend to do much without outside intervention. Top lane is also weak side permanently as Wunder. He's not even going to get jungle detention. That leaves like this permanent six sticking point for the entire Fnatic. Mid-jungle and um, jungle support having to pop off somehow, somewhere. And Razork, if he has a bad game, Fnatic just don't look like a good team. Yeah, I think, that's really, I, think that, I think that's a really risky thing to do against Mad Lions, who... Did take a game off of g2 arguably could have taken game four off of them as well i think that when you have someone like chasey against wonder who's not going to punish as hard as broken blade and what happens if wonder doesn't have renekton chasey has the renekton which he's been performing on and he just gets to sit alone in a lane and not lose gracefully maybe that's a win over towards mad lines on that side of the map what happens if bot lane ints again into kazi and cards? He gets the team fight value that's a huge problem again i think that Unless RAZORK has great jungle champion pool continued on from the previous series and also playing that well in coordination with his team, given what we saw from MAD Lions against G2, I don't think this is going to be an easy series for them. I think it's still, I think they still take a game, maybe even. I think I'm going to say they take a game, but I think it's three-one MAD Lions in my head.
2: And it gets better for Mad Lions because potentially they get to drop like the Nico ban. Because against G2, it was like Nico, Ivern, Rel, game one. Also, funny and... you
1: mentioned the Talia. We haven't seen um, Niski play that yet, right? I don't think so. But like, if we're seeing what we've seen in Amir Masters is because um, like this really confused me actually because like we saw in um, uh, we saw like Talia bands and shit like that throughout um, the series between G2 and Mad Lions and people didn't even know where it was coming from. If you had watched Amir Masters, the entire tournament has been about first picture stana, counted by Talir, you get to contest early shove, she can't jump on you, she dies in team fights because you match range with the combo compared to auto attacks. It's like, if that shit happens and like Nisky gets to play Talia, Nisky's best champion historically has been like what? Silas and Talia. Those two are the, the ones which come up first. Maybe as is somewhere in the list too. TF. But man. oh maybe TF, TF, yeah, there's TF. Yeah, there's those. There's. there's a couple in there, but Talia is very firmly on that list. Given what we've seen from Mimir Masters, which, of course, spoiler, they will have been scrimming the remaining LEC teams. The ones which have gone home because they're knocked out, like, they can't. They can't scrim the LEC teams which are in still anymore. They have to scrim the top ERL teams like Harming Core and a lot of the LFL teams or the Wildcats or whatever. Um, and that means that Talia has made his way from that tournament into LEC now. If Niski gets Talia, that's a huge bonus for them.
2: Yeah, no, that is oh, uh, a... Your... Yeah. No, so, no, go, go on, go. One more like thing I would like to highlight. That's okay. Now, Mad Lions, three out of four games, and Kalista. <laughs> now, G2 are really good at, like... Using and abusing, I think it was three or four. Let me just check before I speak out my bum because they lose to the game one, then they ban it there, they ban it, yep, there, and then they ban it three the remaining games. They lose it yeah. once, ban it three times, yeah. They've lost it once, ban it three times, right? Okay, so you two are amazing at abusing short range, like ADC winning matchups, they've done it for a long time, and then they've also got this cog Brom thing, okay. And BDS, uh, would you call it uh, BDS showed Fnatic, uh, the cog Brom thing, right? Okay. Does anyone here think that Trim- Trimby and Noah are going to play Cog Brom? No. By the way, you've don't had, think, had a I think long Trim- time to... Yeah.
1: They have. It's just that Trimby, I think, needs to be engaging. I think he needs to be... Engage- Who are... Like, I don't think... Maybe if you have, like, Wonder on on and you take the Brom away, I think that's the one draft you do. But, like, I Bro, I think why Trimby do you needs, need like, to be- Rakan, Alistair... So, I think so he needs here's them. the
2: thing. What is, like, this uh, proto-natural, like, need for, like, to constantly like have engaged Now I understand League is harder to play without it. But when you're actually looking at like the Nautilus pick that he was playing into BDS, sometimes I'm looking at it and I'm like it is surplus to requirement. You, uh, Fnatic were on the objective first anyway and BDS was coming into them, right? And in that situation where you can force like a form where the enemy team has to come into you because you have like push or you can threaten. These are like, you know, I mean I, I, to me like the Nautilus is there just for its practicality and like CC. Not, not, not in terms of like, oh, what it's it doing for me. It cuts a lot of corners,
1: of... is what it does. It makes things very easy to play. If you have messed up your setup for an objective or on the map, you play Nautilus, you force a fight, which you win anyway. Whatever, who cares? Same thing with a lot of tank support champions.
2: I think it's also like, but is it easier yeah. if you've got better mid push to set up for those objectives? Like you have a stronger two, two, uh, two um, a bot lane pairing mid. Yeah, it's they easier. Thr- yeah. Yeah, that can like that can threaten like onto like the adc when they walk every time they walk onto the wave um, like it's like a kill condition better
1: example of this is ivern in some ways although of yes. course he has some limited gauge with his Q. because what you do with ivern is you pick double ad carries this yeah. is something that edg showed first in the lpl regionals i seriously suggest people going to watch that it didn't work out for them all the time but the logic was sound if you have double shiv ad carries with an ivern blocking for them you don't actually need to engage because you outrange, you out shove yeah. and you can yeah. protect everyone with this it. This is still and You just put Daisy in as a frontline. Yeah. It, this exactly. is still not, is not a high, high...
0: I've been saying this like for the last God knows how many times like, on, on EuroLeague that Ivan with the double AD carry set up specifically as well but in my opinion just Ivan in general also is just still underprioritized. I know it does get a lot of pick ban but it doesn't get enough. I think that if yeah, you... I really uh understand how people have been winning out through the adc setup and we've had a whole year of it being ridiculously bot bot lane centric meta as well like to me ivan is like the cancer that needs to be eliminated to ensure because it's got such a big margin for error as well again there are so many compositions you can build around it where even if you're a few k gold down at say 20 minutes you're still in the driving seat just another
1: a... unbalanceable
0: champ we've yeah. never had one of them before <laughs> never ever and we'll never again i'm sure so yeah but
1: like it's... that the argument which you were saying in regards to like the um like the braum versus the nautilus and saying the nautilus is just kind of there for that i think it's actually more visible because ivan like allows you to play this double push composition really easily um i think that nautilus is just like he's too good in too many lanes he's too good at reaching the carries which no one else can he just makes the game easier even if like you would love to have a Braumia composition. Like, This is just like, everyone's practiced with it. The problem is, if you're actually not succeeding on it already, which, of course, Fnatic bit iffy on, maybe they have to take that train of thought. But, but they, I, Fnatic I, I also get to drop feel... a ban,
2: because they don't have to ban Zeri. Mm, they also don't I have don't to ban... Know. They don't have to ban Maokai as much. Like They were perma banning it as well, I'm pretty sure.
1: I think you always have to ban Maokai. Yeah, I don't think you can ever let Maokai go through a draft. I think that shit's super insane. I I, I think Maokai's like the uber broken champ on this patch if we're talking about that. yeah sorry. Uh, they, actually, they didn't
2: ban it they like let it through like a couple of games sorry
1: yeah
0: yeah so,
2: so
1: when Kira... i saying, Mark, i just assume that it wins
0: <laughs> Kira i don't think you actually gave a, a prediction what do, you, what do you think this one's gonna go what do you think
2: like these like these it's because like the run of like form it's not like um the consistency of like higher tier teams where you can like talk about mm. them in a very like specific matter uh, specific manner. Like for example, uh, everyone would like it that G2 uh play the way they do in game one. But mm. that does not happen, right? But nobody can I'm telling you nobody can predict the way that G2 loses the random games that they lose or and they also cannot predict the way they come back in the games that come back. It's just random It's like there, there isn't like a logical like Oh G2 has this like set play Where they like catch you out in midsection Or they collapse in you fast and side lanes Or they like You know they spread the map out and farm is, it like uh, G2.
0: I slightly like, I agree but also disagree I think there are okay, two, two replicable threads That are, are the reasons why that's happening One is Hands difference. I don't mean Hans Summer, although he is a big part of it, but the, I just think hands difference. I think when they yeah. inexplicably come back in games, that's just hands. And the second thing, and why they're even in those situations most of the time, and I've said this before, is I think hubris. Not in like necessarily a particularly bad way, but they know they're so much better than every other team right now that they just cannot be completely 100% dialed in every time. And that's usually what's but, leading to their deficits. It's... But that will manifest in different ways, right? Like it might be some stupid, lazy skirmish around Herald early on the next game. It might be a bad... Um, you know whatever Just I think this tracks best beyond
1: this current roster as well I think if you go back to last MSI my talking point for G2 was um, pretty much everything that happens in a G2 game is dominoes it's either good or it's bad I think G2 when they went on that huge win streak coming into MSI last year Um, They were very good at making sure that when they won this first play, even if it was a bit of a flip, there were like three or four things they could win afterwards. Whether that was pushing in a wave to make sure they could get a bot quadrant of the jungle, which meant that they could get a dive on the turret, which could go blah blah blah. It kind of like, all of these things went into each other. Even if it was just a pick in the jungle going into one side of the map or something like that. They were even probably, at that point, the best team in the world at flowing one play into the next and into the next. And I think a lot of that is because they're very good at piling onto skirmishes. So what G2 have done is got very good at winning the first skirmish, which is a flip, knowing that they can win the situations after. Which is exactly why this happens both ways. It's It's ex- it's like it's so weird to explain when it's like, well, how do they get to this point? Well, they just got like one random pick where they three flashed over a wall or something mm. like that. Um, which then leads into four winning plays after that point. But it also means if they lose that first play, all of this shit comes in against them as well. They are a very flippy team in a strategic sense, because they set up, like, all of their ducks in a row and wait for them to all fall down at once. They can also do that from behind, which is why they can get out of those things in, in the right way. It all starts from really weird points. You don't know where it's going to start is the weird thing, where it's like, hang on, where did this chain of events even start? But I think, like, stylistically as a team, G2 are very good at, like, seeing four objectives into the future or four, like, wins into the future and saying, that's how we get to that.
2: Mm. Well, let, let me just push back slightly on your. I do agree they are mm. better mechanically, right? Okay, G2 are across the board better mechanically, right? But the way they, like, beat, like, um... The way they beat XL in game five, Odo was on side lane. They TP'd onto side lane. They caught Odo inside, um, doing like uh, basically like a Gen G style like teleport advantage play. Regrouped and took like Baron and Elder. I can't remember, but like they basically, because they catch Odo inside. They then move into the game. Right, okay. The way they win game four, which they were losing against Mad Lions, is Mad Lions uh, give up side lane, so they don't go to side lane. Uh, they then walk all, five man into Baron, start Baron, walk out of Baron into choke, get five man malkai Eid into four man Yoon Eid with a diving LeBlanc. That's not hands difference. That's just fucking insanity. Like, in what world is any pro team supposed to ever do that? That's just fucking... What? Like, a, a Mac must have been watching that, like, with, with his ponytail, like, dragging it out of his, like, heads. Like, that must have been unbearable to watch because that's nothing. That's not real. That's... That's pish. That's, that's terrible. So, the that that's like my issue is, is like the way G two just gets back and wins games is just like sometimes so random. Like the Swain <laughs> game where like, eh, Mad Lions were just sitting in Swain all, or like walking into Swain all, or like engaging yeah, into was... it for like fun. You know what I mean? That's not hands difference. That's just they either a never played against yeah, Swain that was, or like that's what that yeah. was.
0: By the way, that was we don't, genuinely don't know how this champion works.
2: Yeah, like, and that, that was embarrassing. I'm just si- yeah, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, this is actually, like, crazy. And it's, is that how replicable... I was
1: crazy once. Mm,
2: crazy, um, it was, how replicable is that consistently for, like, G2 as actual, like, winning strats? Because to me, the game one G2 is actually G2 winning. And then other versions of G2 it's like, other teams losing and G2 just being the best catching team. Sure. Yeah. You, know, I think... you give them an inch they take, they take the biggest yeah,
0: mile. I agree with that, but also I think I do think the overarching thing for me as I said the, the more important factor is actually the hubris thing and I would actually go back to what you said a while ago about you how you were so sure that after G2 uh, lost to Mad in that series um in that series when Mad went on to play BDS in the spring finals when we went into MSI you said you were so sure that G2 were going to smash Mad. And I think one of the reasons, yeah, yeah, and I think one of the reasons was probably because it was fucking personal. It's like we're going to yeah. humiliate you, we're going to embarrass yeah. you, and to me, that what? talks to G two being much better, but not always completely dialed in. But when they are dialed in, like yeah. other teams just can't compete against I, them. I,
2: and the, 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 the one thing I would like to like, and this is the the the, the point I would like to highlight, just because just to go back to this like matchup of Fnatic, yeah. uh, Mad Lion. It's it's so hard cuz I was just I was talking about team levels it's so hard to talk about the level of um a fanatic and I can actually give you the person perfect Analogy, but in a different way. Remember, there was a great LPL team once. They should have been at Worlds. They were called OMG, right? But nobody, right? they're not bad. They're not as bad as they're a much better team than Fnatic. But they're not bad at Fnatic in the same way. But it's the same like problem where you could never tell me what OMG was going to show up or like what they were like going to do or like the key pieces that OMG like required to like work we going to happen, or if teams would even give OMG the conditions to like win, you know? Like, against the team fighting teams, OMG was one of the best teams in the league because if you gave OMG lots and lots of team fights, they would beat you and slowly they would just give them lots of opportunities to win. And against the slower, more methodical, uh, what do you call it, uh, map spread out teams in the LPL, there's not that many of them, but they, they do exist, believe me. Um, OMG would like, who were more diligent with objective setups in particular, that was like a massive weakness for OMG. That is where their problem was. This this is the problem with like talking about Fnatic, you don't know what's going going to show up, you don't know how good Razor is going to be. So you just kind of have to talk about like, what does a Fnatic win look like? What does a Mad Mm. Lions win look like? And I'm not sure what one, because they've got a sub in, and I I think is the best player on the server, Mad Lions should win. But saying that say... that does not mean Fnatic cannot win. <laughs> yeah. the, the OMG
1: teams. point, you know exactly what the is going to turn up in game one of any series because they end their asses off in every single game one. I'll just add that one little little bit in there. Get best of three connoisseurs they are. Hey, I love that team with all my heart. lost game one of every was, series
2: as I well. I was I was
1: part of I was part of Creams Lactose Tolerance Club. Um, you can join us for next January when hopefully they have the same roster. I fucking hope so.
0: <laughs> and no, that is not true, Kira. Because what will now I'm going to make sure becomes a very infamous game one was the XL. Oh yeah, the XL. Game yeah, yeah. yeah the so worst it was. draft in the history of humanity. So yeah, they they. You're right. I'm you're right. You're not right. sure they won that one, but XL certainly lost it. So. Well, that's the kind know. of problem I had with like the series of like.
1: I mean, maybe BDS earned their own wins a little bit more, but even then, I feel like the. The XL series and the BDS uh, series, it felt like a case of who was making more egregious mistakes at the wrong time, rather than, like, really inspired plays at the right time. That doesn't mean there weren't any, but on the whole, the games were decided by an egregious overstep rather than by, like, a really inspired play, which I think was actually a little bit different in the G2 MAD games on the whole. Like we said, G2, G2 always make their own advantages, and, of course, they do give them away. I do actually think MAD got a couple of clean advantages against G2 from their own making, though, which is, again, like... I think G two and Mad like G two obviously are the best in the league at doing that. I think Mad they're like one of the other. They're the only team remaining now, obviously with only Fnatic in there, which like I also think they can cleanly make their own advantages like, in the right games.
2: Is so. Wonder going to do to chase say, what BB was no, doing? No, absolutely like, not. No, <laughs> and okay, and as Han Sam and Mick-X, like are, are, are they going to be like as sorry? Carze Hale going to be losing Botlin the same way as they were they were losing to. Like uh, Mickey X hands, like no, and mm. actually some of the games they were winning. So this is the problem: a lot of Fnatic's strengths are disappearing. The one that remains is the infallible humanoid Razorg. and it isn't the jungle mid duo the same way Scout Tarzan is. It's as in like, what can humanoid? How can humanoid pressure the map, and how can Razor pressure the map to then alleviate pressure for the other players to get back into the game? It's not so systemic; it's more just like flood on the roll
0: and on that because i think we're all in agreement that probably it's slightly mad favored the fanatic series what i would say it's more than slightly but not
1: overwhelming i say it's 3-1 but like not like complete blowout i mean mad are not infallible we know that yeah
0: i'm gonna say 3-2 mad because i actually think that it will just be a messy messy series um but on that do you think, Nymara, there's an angle to suggest that maybe the better matchup in a final is Fnatic G2, or do you feel that actually they'll be disposed of more easily than if Mad were to rematch G2? What would you rather see in the final? What is your... Or, what is your? Uh... I, would, I would rather see Mad G2 again, because I think that, like,
1: one, it would just be hilarious to me after all the talk this year about G2 being by far the better team, if two out of, like... At, at season finals and like the first split or like one of the splits as well we won by MAD like for me just in terms of like i love being contrarian against like the real like shithead opinions sometimes where people just like completely slide into this like, oh, it's easy i bet you're a blg team. believer like, i bet you are you're I, a was, I, I, I was but i was the omg believer i was like oh i love oh, this like you. omg knocking out top sports in spring give me more of that shit holy i mean for, for MAD to win season finals and one of the splits after the controversy around them of international events and shit like this that would really strike like my underdog. You must hate EU if
2: you want Mad Lions to win. You must actually secretly. You are just a fucking. I
1: think they're better than Fnatic, so I, I'm trying to give like the little breadcrumb there. I'm like, I don't think either of them are gonna be like. I, I mean, I don't think like for hype and storyline I think for
2: hype and storyline, Fnatic G2 in the final, we're Fnatic are the underdog once again. You know what I mean? You've got all the marquee matchups. Humanoid well, versus No, no no, Cap. no, no, no.
1: But you say that. But for hype and entertainment, everything. Just watch Amir Masters on the Friday. France versus Spain finals. That will be a louder crowd than any other yeah. one that weekend, by the way. So
2: go watch that one. <laughs> Alright. But yeah. I, I think for like I do you like Fnatic, man. Like, but like that would be the more interesting storyline. You must be truly desperate to come to Fnatic for help. I
0: mean, yeah. the most. I said this like on sites like this was like the best possible scenario in terms of the hype for the Sunday is if Fnatic absolutely annihilate Mad okay and all the yeah, players remembering of the gt fanatic yeah. thing which hasn't been relevant in forever exactly all the players actually hit that proverbial ceiling of like wow finally the the all the potential has been realized and what a beautifully oiled machine and oh my god can they carry this into the next day and people think oh my god it's just like what rogue did last summer they're just gonna hit that purple streak and be an unstoppable force of nature mm. that is how you create the most type is fanatic uh Again, like, sacrificing Isaac on the mountain. You sacrifice that series. It's a shit series. It's 3-0, Goomba stomp. Everyone's like, oh, that was crap. But then, the reward is God parting the clouds and saying, I bless you with five games, G2 Fnatic, tomorrow. That's the trade-off. Like, that would be the ultimate trade-off. But... Do I think that will happen? No. Do I think that people have been holding on to this Fnatic have a high ceiling narrative for way too long? Yes, I think Fnatic is just a bad team, to be honest, which is crazy when you're talking about, you know, a top three team in Europe, but I think they are. I think they're just bad. I think XL are pretty bad, although I think they're better than Fnatic. I do think XL actually gifted Fnatic game one on a plate, like wrap sealed Amazon Prime delivery <clears throat> next day, even on a Sunday, like, and then well, game five is... as well. They just...
2: Yeah. that's the world's smallest violin playing for all the xl fans all six of them And xl not making worlds baby
0: mate xl, nearly, a, made them, XL baby. nearly made worlds xl nearly made worlds with the first team in history to nearly make worlds without having a jungler unironically I- entering every game 4v5 <laughs> like he didn't even connect to the server that's amazing mate like that's a that's a story i mean in itself.
1: i was gonna so funnily enough i was gonna say mid lane because i really hated how is played this split man
2: oh but oh no can i just here's a funny one so me and a a friend were doing yeah about research we were counting how many times azir died to flank uh, in LAC this year um, so oh every... I
1: saw a tweet about this yeah, yeah yeah.
2: so like Azir died like 271 times wow. in, in the year right okay yeah. uh, how many of them were like flanks so obviously I had to watch all Ag- Abadage go like 0-6 <laughs> 5 times on Azir and, and it's amazing to watch just the creative ways that European players and I'm not joking European players never die in lane as Azir like it'll be 15 so... minutes into the game and they're like up 2, 0 up 2,000 gold and you're like like, how does this man die five times? I'm, like, gonna give, I'm gonna
1: give you, I'm gonna give you the freest fucking content idea of your life. It's right. just dumb ways to die over Azir, just like montage. You it's just do as that as every shuffling. week, and every week you just add
2: in the extra place. <laughs> no, no. Here's the funny thing, and I, this is something I loved. Dom brought this up in the stream, but they're talking about like, yeah, yeah, like. You know, Azir outranges here. I was like. Pfft you've not been watching the European Azir then mate because they don't believe in outranging yeah. they believe yeah, in MULIA yeah. every play is a shuffle they will not poke they will not jab if every... anyone that knows why Talia yeah. is OP it's
1: because you don't have any choice but to fire like your shit up max range your W is yeah. the only bit which can move It's like
2: everything else is max range so <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that is that was, like, one of those, like, beautiful things. Uh,
0: but th- this is how bad Fnatic are, by the way. They nearly lost. They should have lost game five to XL. And every yep. single player on XL, apart from Patrick, had a bad series. Like, and they went five games and they should have lost still. Like, that's how bad Fnatic are. So, yeah, I guess... In theory, I have to hope that, you know, I should actually be thinking that Mad (laughs) should smash Fnatic 3-0 and look like they've covered all their little holes that they have or whatever. But I just don't find the Mad team particularly interesting. And I'll, I'll admit it. I am one of these people that, like... Collapses in my chair and rolls my eyes back when I find out that Mad are going to another international tournament. Like, no, it's not that they're. It's not that they're. It's not that they're bad. It's not not about their level. They're so. Even in literal colour, they are so vanilla. I just, I. I'm so no, bored let, of watching let, Mad, I, this rendition of MAD or closer to this rendition of MAD playing international tournaments. It's so boring, man. I, let, I know they'll be all right. They'll be fine. Well, come on. But... I will, no, look, no. Okay. Let me. They had let two me incredibly in entertaining entire...
1: games versus T1, right? They had one where they had like a historic blowout loss, and one where they almost flipped early game to the point of a win. It's like they had two games which are pretty fun this MSI versus T1, at least. Like, that, but, like, just but, those like, two games.
2: MSI is a was a proper tournament where like there is no escaping. They used the double element bracket properly and unfortunately they drew t1 in the upper and they drew g2 in the lower and they got sent home early okay but there was lots of teams that they could have beat they could have beat c9 and went a step further you know i mean there's like yeah but i don't care
0: about that's the thing though i don't care i know that that is a very likely scenario for example that could happen at this world and i still won't give a fuck they're like such a I don't know. I feel like I know so you much don't... about their level and what they can be and what they can't be that there's no upset potential really, and there's no uh, that they're pro- they're just so predictable. They're like the- I know that they're at the same time they're somewhat inconsistent, but their levels, like their ceiling and floor, are so known at this point. It's uninteresting. This team I would is not, so uninteresting. I've, I've,
2: to I've me. I could choose a seed, they're going to be the second seed from Europe, right? If I could choose any of lot, apart from the really good second seeds like BLG, and it's going to be four pool Swiss seeded, right? Yeah. If you are a three seed, because one's going to pull four in the opening, opening games, and two, or two and threes are going to be paired, right? If you're a three, you would be fucking annoyed if you'd pulled mad. You would not want to play them in a beer one. Yeah,
0: but again you're looking yeah, you're looking at <laughs> we're looking at this through different lenses, right? I'm not talking about what is the best that Europe can send. I'm talking about what am I what games would I be most interested in watching ahead of time should and which teams are those. And but, just to give you an example, they, I, I would be they, way I'm way more interested. Obviously, you know, the Golden Guardian series in itself is gonna be, you know, interesting. It's the first time we're gonna do this kind hmm. of thing as well. Battle of the but Atlantic. I would if let's pretend that didn't exist and the, the EU mm-hmm. teams just get chucked into groups. I am so much more interested to see which crazy way the BDS games could go than what the fuck Mad Lions is going to do. I don't care about Mad Lions I'm at all. i like... throw it out there. I think Golden Guardians wins against BDS. Oh, so do so I. Oh, sh- see them away, I, think a, so. I think there's a very good cho- I think they, they. Let's put it this way. I'm not saying that I'm... Because obviously we'll like do our predictions or whatever at some point for that. But I'm not going to say that I think they're going to win. But I think the bookies' favourite, if you want to call them that, it's probably Golden Guardians. I think whoever we yeah. would. Have, I think if we sent Fnatic to that game, it would have been Golden Guardians. By the way, I think they would have been favored by most people. I, I yeah. Mad, maybe not I, more sort of. I actually 50, think 50, SK but... have Mitch. a more
1: stable matchup versus. In fact, Rek. I remember being on this podcast yeah, yeah, we talking about, about yeah, that yeah, we last about time it. I was yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I said I would prefer to have SK. I'm sure One of you said BDS. I said BDS. I don't know why. I, I think I, I said I would prefer SK versus them, and we had a pretty he, good back and forth about that. Yeah. But here, here's the So there's homework for you before you go to Worlds, <laughs> anyone watching this, so you know. Go, 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 to one, the,
2: the, go to one, the head coach of. Is he the head coach of Team BDS? Stryker? Oh, is it Stryker still? Yeah, Stryker still, yeah. Oh, stri- striker, striker, yeah. oh no, he's done his yeah. as assistant coach on League Badia. Oh, maybe, right. maybe he is. Oh, it's, right. no,
0: it's the other guy. He's got the weird name. No, I think I you just said it. I think you just said it. Yeah, go to go to one. Yeah, go to one. It's go to one, and then Striker is the. Yeah.
2: So, we need to get go to one on the show so I can say the infamous line that I said to Mac. If an EU team plays an NA team and they played 10 BO5s, oh. they should barely, rarely ever go by 3 1. And if they lose any of them, they're a failure.
0: But didn't, didn't the, mm. the EU team lose to an NA team immediately yeah, after he said the EG,
2: Yeah, they lost the EG. How could they do not the fucking share?
0: Yeah. <laughs> wasn't it mad? Didn't they get... Yeah, no, it was mad. EG, mad EG. Yeah. 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 wasn't it 3-0 as well? Or am I forgetting that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah that was, was a great was take, Kiro, by the way.
2: Brilliant. Oh, well, no, that, that was thing, that like, take. I, I did, that was me, like... That was me memeing Mac that if he lost that series, he should be ashamed of himself.
1: So, like, I guess from, like, my holistic kind of, like, view on this, Story is yeah i understand like not wanting to see mad in the same situation again and again in the same way that na had the problem with like i think particularly when it was tsm and team liquid yeah, when they yeah. were winning over there and it's like oh my god can we at least have a different first seed yes. so we have a chance at winning msi or worlds or something like that And yeah, no that, the lethargy, they, All those. and just formats. reminding you all no you're my, trolling the
2: you'll get me you'll get him on the high horse bro you're trolling those teams were some of those teams were good and they weren't some be all, of them were Bro, if they weren't real the, ones, but, they would have. Yes, and no, there's no, a bracket no, of And I get, and world and I get that. In. And
1: that's why I'm kind of defending both of them, right? Because I think Mad Lions this year. You put any other team in their shoes, I don't think they look better. I think they even look more boring, sense because they're getting blown the fuck out every other game. Um, and like there is, but there is a lethargy towards it. I mean, hell, I my one of my main regions is the LGL, right? Like DFM have now won like. 16 trophies mm-hmm. and like this split, they even won it with one Roll Swap towards top plane Like, we cannot get rid of this team winning this fucking league, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it is just, I don't know what. Uh, there are this isn't even a monkey pour at this point, this is a whole like family of simians just like mm-hmm. clenching their fists. It's like unbelievable. Um, but uh, yeah, when it comes to like Mad Lions this year, I very much understand the lethargy of seeing them in that situation and just wanting something different, just as. In some ways, even in the back of your head, like like in the way that I'm doing, right, I'm like, I don't think another team would do better in this spot. I don't think that Fnatic would have done better at MSI, especially not at that point because they were were really bad at the start of the year. Or an XL or a BDS. I don't think they would do better than Mad Lions. But there's something to be said in being proven irrevocably that that is the case by seeing on your fucking screens and saying oh my god why can't we have another seed to at least prove this and um you know we had that for a little while with like mad lines important. being the first seed over g2 and shit like that and we saw some bits and pieces and actually mad lines did okay for themselves and and the, when they started with like i think msi 21 they did pretty but well i right. like
2: i but, like how late i like watching cars i like i think i think I, do, I like watching Mad lines i think they're actually quite an interesting team yeah i in think my they're eyes. quite an interesting team <laughs> You
0: I don't think they're always nah, a good team, Mad but I think they're Lions. quite interesting. Nah, like, yeah. I think that like obviously, I think Mad Lions deserve to go. Like I think at that yes. point, like <laughs> that, that's something it, that people, it really pisses me people off when try people to say that matter. Unf- it's unfair that they're going there. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not.
1: Actually, they have worked the fucking asses off and had some great games when it's mattered. Like, yeah. What else can you argue
0: against that? And Who else do you send on an empirical level? Exactly. And people did try and attach that to the narrative as well of like, oh, but like try to imply that they like fluked a series and now we have to watch them again. It's like, okay, at this point, most likely, just be better than Yeah, them. most likely they'll be in <laughs> season finals again. Obviously, they might not. Maybe it'll be Fnatic, but probably more likely no. than not, they'll be in season finals again. And they won fucking spring as well. Like, imagine that. Yes. And heaven forbid, imagine if they beat G2. I don't think they will, but imagine that if that actually happened that you had they won season finals and they won spring. It I, know, be... I, w- I, would, I would love that
1: so much. i yeah. just like
0: the fuck the haters narrative because, no, like, that, not, for some, some reason, Matt picked all up all all a load of them.
1: I'm like, I just love that. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm. I'm... We I'm with, I'm with Nymeria, even though it would be like, quote unquote, bad for EU. Obviously, in my version, shit, both teams play amazing. And then I'm like, wow, we're sending two great teams to Worlds. What a best of no. five that was. Yeah, because
2: Here's a scary thing. And, and like, both mid laners
0: decide to lane against each other. Wouldn't that be fun? And they're like, holy shit, we're going into an international tournament where our mid laners have relearned how to lane. That's the way through. <laughs>
2: because here's the problem. Worlds is so far removed. From what we could possibly be playing now that we could go into a yeah. situation where um BDS sorry Fnatic fanatic ends up like better than mad Lions just because the meta changes in such a drastic way or like mad Lions becomes like maybe just as not just as good as g2 but like get even better in comparison to like g2 because of the way the meta changes or like, g2 falls off the fucking cliff like just picture like <clears throat> a version of Botlane for like han sama where it's like, uh, like, uh, uh, Mickey X is on way less engage, right? okay? And it's, for example, he's like way less engage, and it's like Caitlin, like toxic push, bottling. Yeah, now, I mean, like, that Hans is actually really... pretty
1: good that's different, but like,
2: I get the point. No, 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 but it's not, nothing, to, it's nothing to do with um hands not being good at the pick. What it is to do with is, it's like, it is a completely new way, the like thing that like G2 has got to like, model their team around, um, and it is not a play pattern that they have T1 been using. T1 before well.
1: MSI, these supports being eighty carries, and then them disappearing. That is a very, very obvious way to kind of say, "Here's what happens when you suddenly have a playstyle, and that suddenly has to change." When you had like high support, eighty carries of support, mm-hmm. all of them removed. Now, I think they had to be removed. Don't get me wrong, but the fact that this happens as you're qualifying, you have one meta, and things get shit out of like the meta, and it goes into worlds. I mean, Beryl said after like last Worlds thing that it is a dice roll on whether you win Worlds. And this is one of the things, this is another tangent, but this is why I really hate when people say that Samsung White um, was the best team of Season 4. They weren't. It was Samsung Blue. Blue yeah. The meta just changed uh, going into, into Worlds to no, the point where like, it wasn't... Either. I, Samsung Blue was so much better throughout the entire year com- compared to Samsung yeah, White. No, but well, like that... i re- i really hate this argument that like the best team of the year is whoever wins worlds which is a yeah. coin flip of a meta tournament it really really grates on me because there are some teams which will be forgotten because they didn't win worlds they didn't do well at worlds when they were by far the best team for large stretches of the year it just really annoys me man and that comes into the whole qualifying and then playing a far removed uh the... version of the game at worlds
2: when i reviewed like these games cuz i've actually just watched them recently the, it's right. not to say that you're completely wrong um The thing is, is, is it's true in the sense of like, uh, Samsung White's matchup into blue, specifically blue, was OP at Worlds. As in, like, the way blue played and beat Samsung White was not possible by the time Worlds came round. But white against every other team that was not named blue was the better team. But white could not beat blue. They lost to them every year. Blue lost to KT Roadster in, like, finals. Oh, but if
1: it weren't for that failed backdoor attempt by Amazing, if it weren't for that shot. (laughs)
2: No, yeah, I'm just, like, meaning it, but, like, I'm just saying, like, blue could be beaten by, like, lots of other, like, teams. Like, Samsung White would just, like, annihilate the entire, like, field, but they just had a problem with beating blue just because daddy yeah, we were, t- d- d- yeah. were actually not a
1: good late game team, yeah, they, team were, were... they were the best early game team of the era but they couldn't play late game team first because yeah. they just their macro was ass mm. uh, actually you just never got to see the that, that walls but anyway like that just buys into another kind of thing where like it's very easy to take the results based analysis of, of this team one worlds so they were the best team of the year and stuff yeah, like that like what is your idea obviously a great example of this but like they were great idea for that for one teams? patch
2: <laughs>
0: What is my what sorry? Huh? Kira.
2: What would have been your idea for teams to world? Oh, well, from
0: LEC. God, um... from LEC. I mean, obviously G two. It would have to be. I mean.
2: But so Mad Life, it would
0: Mad Life is XL. No, but it would still, I would still send Mad because even though yeah. it's like one of the, you know, it's like wishing bad on your fucking ex girlfriend or something, right? Like you're not actually going to do it if you're well, given the question. Well, that depends how bad they treated you. Well, to. sure. Let's pretend, <laughs> let's pretend they weren't a terrible human, right? It's not, you're not, you're not actually wishing the worst for I'm them. But <laughs> if you found out, if you find out that something bad happened to them, you're probably not that upset about it. But if someone actually gave you the power to make something bad, your, you know, moral compass takes over. So, mad go because if i'm given Someone's the choice been playing like, the dark play them. through a Baldur's gate i'm just you're, you're, given a but-
2: <laughs> you're given a button and you press it twice just to make sure you know yeah that, I, I would i would
0: send mad would say? <laughs> mad deserve to go they deserve to go so I yeah would they that. do
2: so uh, would you instead of bds would you have sent xl then because then Fnatic. do you think fanatic deserves to go
0: i in the closest actually the closest thing to to arguing that maybe they don't is actually fanatic because i do think that XL mm. had a combination of a terrible off day for like all their players individually, apart from Patrick. Horrible drafting in a couple of games, and they threw away game five. Like XL Damn. to me are actually just better, or have shown themselves at least to be better than Fnatic. So yeah, that would be the one I'd probably slip so- out.
1: Before playoffs, I would have said SK over BDS, but then obviously I think SK did not develop as much throughout playoffs and towards the end of the year. I think there was a point where I would have said actually SK in the middle of summer they, they look pretty good. I would have sent them. In fact, I think the last time we were on this episode yeah. that's what I said. I wouldn't say that now in hindsight um, given what they've shown after that point. I don't think they developed that well. I mean G2 and Matt are pretty hard lock for me. I think I probably would say Excel and Fnatic, but I don't, I mean, I, I don't think it's a big enough difference to take issue with, honestly. No, I think it's G2 and then the other, the, the, the <laughs> other two teams, like, I, I think they're actually fairly close. I don't, like, you can make arguments. So I'm, I am I I don't mind the four teams that we're sending, so.
0: But yeah, so let's very quickly, sort of speaking of this, uh, let's take this to the broader discussion very quickly about the LEC format. Now we've had a year of the new format. I think what's interesting to me, it's kind of like, the voting with the awards and stuff where it's like you can argue that certain splits maybe don't have as much value or what's the point when it all comes down to, but I would argue that the correct teams or very close to the correct teams are probably going to worlds. Is that an indictment or is that a good thing about the format? Like I, I mean, yeah, that's the question, really. But Naimera, what what are your thoughts on on the format? Again, um, my impression is that overall, I prefer the format to the old format. I just have is- big issues with the scheduling. What have What have you seen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's a much more comprehensive format um, compared to the previous one. Um, so I get to speak with a lot of the players like around LEC and afterwards. Like when LEC ends on a Monday, some people, you know, will will end up hanging around certain areas. So I, I chat with a couple of people. And the the overwhelming consensus from players is it the old system used to be a marathon. This is a series of three sprints. And particularly in each week of LEC. I know that you're only playing, what, three best of ones in, in the in the regular season, and then, you know, like a best of three or two best of threes after that point, but because you've upped your play days from two to three, it changes your entire scheduling about how you operate as a team. So on a player standpoint, this is not the viewers, this is a player yeah. standpoint, you have one less break day and you have one less scrim day, basically. Um, you like you you have one less day to do with your week yeah, because yeah, you have but three show ask Gillis, days. If Gillis,
2: that's a practice day technically because you only learn on stage. Scrims don't do anything um
1: but i think when you have issues you need a day to make sure you (laughs) have addressed that that's the problem (laughs) i I mean the thing the thing with the gillias thing is like at a couple of other teams like that there are certain teams in history which like yeah scrims really did not help them h2k Mm. um and there were certain times where you know like that that can definitely be the case but i think a lot of players were massively burning out on a mental level i think i was quite concerned for a few players on a mental health level actually this year from talking and seeing them through the year and saying actually they have no uh, they have no time to figure out um, their own personal scheduling. So on a player standpoint, I think that this is a very difficult schedule to get adequate practice and break time in. Yeah. Um, and I think that on another side of it, I think that somehow for the viewers, it feels too elongated. So mm. for the players, it feels like it's way too condensed. But for the viewers, it's way too elongated. Where we have random break weeks in um where like we do have a very extended season finals and it feels like that ended up um really detracting from what was happening with summer finals yeah and a lot of that detracted from what was happening earlier in playoffs because it felt like finals is being attached to a lot of different series like upper bracket finals lower bracket yes. finals summer, fi- summer final season finals and stuff like this like you hear the word finals so often it dilutes the meaning of finals yeah and i think because in this word stretch i think that if you could have got this format done in mo- somehow even more condensed, so those games happen more more quickly, um, or you have more best of threes to determine something. I don't even know how you change at this point with this format. That's the problem. Um, but you want it to be more condensed. You have decent breaks between splits, but then and also gives it um, better uh, viewership experience to the viewers as well. But like I don't see how you do that whilst also maintaining um, player welfare. Mm. um and team welfare and stuff like that too and of course the season ends so freaking early for teams that go out in groups as well especially if you're you're in summer like you have players which have like four months off like what are they like they have four months off what the shit that's that's absolutely insane i mean i guess it was similar when when you didn't qualify for worlds and stuff like that adding an extra month on instead of like having three months off um i think that's been crazy for them too so i don't know i think I feel like scheduling is is the big boogeyman here. The problem is, I actually don't know how you solve it in regards to both players and viewers. I actually don't know
0: how you do it. I would personally just very quickly on that with the scrim thing. I've always been like when it comes to practice, some, someone who's who believes in sort of quality over quantity. So I would yeah. straight up just delete a scrim day. Like if that's something where. The, the the ability to rest and like reflect or whatever in between getting like back into it is a problem that you have to do it all on what i would just delete a scrim day to me it's i also i've seen i've been apart and seen so hundreds if not thousands of scrim blocks where there are just wasted scrims i've got a story because, about this which is great on this front uh, yeah sorry i uh, just to very quickly finish yeah, so but, yeah but, the, um uh, yeah, there's just so many wasted scrims because people are burned out in the middle of blocks. And I just think you can just way more efficiently sort of balance the, the health that way. But yeah, gone.
1: I'm pretty sure there was an australis scrim block earlier this year where they played game one against the team. I can't remember who they're placing. They have played one game and they were in lobby for the next game. And they were like, where the fuck have they gone? And they'd just gone for a walk. Like, it was game one and game two, they just went for a walk and they were like an hour late for the second <laughs> game with their scrim block. I'm like, this part. is like, I get that it's a Astralis of so like, you might think, like, oh, haha, ha, lower tier, whatever. I'm like, but- That's not funny.
0: It's
2: <laughs> not like, funny at all.
1: And I'm just like, why would anyone do that in a scrim block? And this is, this, I know I put like one name on that. This happens to a lot of teams. Mm. I think if you're going to get like actual clean scrim blocks, they're quite rare, and I know that you end up getting basically tailors of people that people want to scrim because they are good scrim partners. Obviously GT are up there. Some of the ERL teams are up there too, because the thing is when you have LEC scrimming ERL is that the ERL teams play their hearts yeah, out, yeah, because yeah. they know that they want to get the most out of it. LEC teams don't, won't always do that, but like, there have definitely been points where like, even LEC teams completely throw scrim blocks and they just like make it useless for people because, and and there is basically no one doing speed scrims of doing like the first five to 15 minutes and stuff like that, just doing like drilling early game. That's something which I know LS has been calling out for a while. I absolutely call for that as well because given how much pressure is put on early game, we never see that. Um, Yeah, I think quality of scrims needs to go up in EU. That's one thing which can help our region. Um, and this will be a tangent, but um, in terms of the other problem of this format and this schedule, and then also in regards to some of the ways that international events have been held as well, partly due to COVID, which isn't Riot's fault, there is basically no chance to boot camp in the locations which you're playing at. Yes. Like When it was held in the EU, the Korean and Chinese teams, they came to EU just on the, on the eve of the events. So you didn't get any chance to practice against the best teams in the world. And the way that I was hearing it from the teams at MSI, um, talking to the, the coaches and players, um, um like around london one uh because it was really close to home for me luckily you know but um a lot of it was effectively um the korean and chinese teams they found out the meta and by the time they were scrimming they were learning the matchups the eu teams and the na teams they had to learn the meta and then learn the matchups after that point they had to learn out what champions were good and then how the champions perform into very specific things as well so you're constantly like two two weeks to a month behind the meta at best No, that depends how far the meta has evolved since, like, regular splits or anything like that. So if there's no break between your regular season and then, like, international mess, you have no way to catch up to that. And that's why MSI looked so one-sided the way that it was. Because the meta was so different from LEC and NA um, scrims. I think sometimes there are points where the meta gets flipped so much that you can just kind of make your own meta and g2 2019 were kind of like that you don't got that anymore you need to be scrimming the best teams in the world like significantly in advance of the event which is also why i think the fourth place match for um na versus EU it had to be put in korea otherwise you have to fly to na no one's there to scrim you play like one best of five and then you have to go to korea with no practice it had to be in korea at that point like Actually, being in Korea or China for um, before an event is so important for the development of teams.
0: Yeah. So, what do you th- what do you think, Era? I know that you have some so, thoughts on this uh, schedule malarkey format. Right. Okay.
2: So, first of all, if you have to, like, right. So, the problem with League of Legends, as I said before, is the leaks. That they are the worst part of it. So, I think LEC did a good job of basically turning. The year into three OGNs, okay. But I think they have structured these OGNs poorly, and that they are still too leagueish. And the best part of League of Legends is series play, but it is series play with something on the line. You know what I mean? So summer, this summer here, there was a bit of redundancy. Let's mm. all be honest. It was. It meant a lot for some teams didn't mean as much for others but at the end of the day i think i think it's a bit shit from players to say it doesn't matter when it's like yeah but you're also going to do fuck all at world so you should be collecting as much domestic silverware as you possibly can but i digress from that i can understand their frustrations people like to play for something other than you know legacy because they're young adults that don't really think about these things till much later on i think generally the bo one section of the year is pretty poor it's pretty actually poor at seeding teams. For example, when Mad Lions won the split, they were technically 9-8 because they yeah. played off against Heretics and a tiebreaker and then proceeded to win the split. I think th- it would be better if it was, like, G- uh, what would you call like, um super grouped, where it's, like, two rotations of a two rotations of BO3 round robins like and it's and it into like a into like a just a straight up bracket you know upper lower bracket but everyone so or you just drop the bottom two teams that is what I would prefer at this point I think that would be better um and I, like know that pro- basic, I know that a lot of the players were also saying
1: they wanted more, but they basically just wanted to do best of threes That was one thing we were starting yeah. to
2: constantly as well so, Because BO1s suck fucking ass, they're so shit, they're terrible I genuinely, heart to heart, I cannot explain to you how bad they are In the LPL they play BO3s, but they play one rim robin And sometimes you get a, a sore world of it because you get the worst side of the the BO3 But there's so many games that it like evens out, r- roughly you know there isn't like a universal constant that helps but like it can some teams get fucked with it so i think personally that it should be super group everyone in one big group BO3s double rim robin into full double elimination bracket but full-sized BO5 double elimination bracket and you play it quite concentrated as quickly as possible and then you break for a period Mm. and the teams then break And the teams that want to try and practice, they try and practice, 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 and everyone else, if they want, you know what I mean, they've went super hard, they break. And you try and you do, you try to do three of them in the year.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: And each of them, like, does meaningfully qualify for something. Obviously, there's MSI, and then there's, hypothetically, this other tournament that may exist that Riot is, like, talking about. So, like, uh, for Spring, and then the one for Worlds. The problem is, is this season finals, which seems good on a bit of paper, is an absolute joke because it is 21 days, so two weeks, uh, three weeks, sorry, to play too few BO5s. Like the week breaks in between games. The reason, so a lot of people don't know this and I might actually do a bit of independent content about it etc. The upper bracket is supposed to be the the leisure bracket where you play fewer games and you have more time to prep for lower bracket opponents when you do eventually meet them. The lower bracket is supposed to be hell. Like actual hell on yeah, earth. Yeah, like yeah. Tech, genuinely you have lost a series you have fucked up so you now you are going to be playing like consecutively every like two days. You're going mm. to be like two days BO5, two days BO5, two days BO5 that's what, that is the part the, the lower bracket you have to play more strong teams you have to play uh, teams that possibly got upset and you have to play against teams on a much shorter notice and you have less time to iron out your issues and you know build up momentum that is the weakness of the lower bracket Riot's versions of lower bracket is they have completely made made the lower bracket uh, they've created obsoletism of the lower bracket where where the lower bracket is basically just a seeding pool for coming up into the upper bracket and you just one extra series um,
0: basically yeah. yeah
1: I will say, I think that the old LG, so this is LGL before this year had a great fucking upper and lower bracket system where you had the Juggernaut match in the upper brackets, you had regular season first versus regular season second, but that was equivalent to round three of Mm. the lower bracket where you have like another, so there was a 16 plus you have two in the top, and then you have like um, two, two, um, like two match-ups yeah, in the first I'm round. Winner, right oh, yeah, I'm looking at right now. Yeah, and that was actually pretty ridiculous because what you don't realize is that semi-finals into finals, like LEC now, is a day apart. So yeah. if you are the up, if you're in the Juggernaut match and you lose, you have to know that you're waiting for a team that has already beaten you if you win the next one. You have one day to turn around and prep for the next time. So it means that, like... If you're coming through lower bracket, it is hell. You need to go through, like, three rounds to get to the finals, whereas the top seed gets one best of five. So you're playing three times the best of fives to even get there. Um, and it, it was just really rigorous. Of course, you still have two teams with an extra life. You have the Guardian and Angel, and that's a smaller amount of teams in playoffs. But I think there are a couple of minor regions which actually crack that harder than some of the major regions, which is, of course, one of the problems, say, with, like, One of the things about lcs in regards to even qualifying for players is like hang on don't almost all other teams qualify anyway what's the point of the regular season at that point you have to have a balance between like the weight of all parts of your split and like you're saying you need there to be a significant advantage for upper bracket compared to lower bracket which i think i don't know i don't know if i agree that it's like
2: not hellish enough all the time but it
1: definitely could be harsher
2: here's here's another thing for you and that's another point Mm. I actually think single elimination bracket is a fine format because I've watched great tournaments that use double elim and single elim they do exist I've seen them Dota's had them for years I've even seen it during the open circuit Just not for for qualifying
1: I don't want to be qualifying
2: man not for (laughs) for qualifying but here is why it is the problem is if you do single elimination your seeding must be very very good world seeding was some of the worst seeding ever invented by an esports person ever region people can't play against each other you uh, treat any first seed as the same as korea's first seed like there's all these uh yeah. so a, a chinese seed that number two that could potentially one world is treated the same as uh, any's team that comes second like there was problems that was massive problems and that's why Worlds historically has sucked for fucking years it has been ditched
1: um, so this- on you go This is a great point in terms of the seeding thing because the rugby world cup is coming up in the next couple of days from time recording i don't get get
2: getting started Um, with scotland seeding like and
1: that's that there's a thing with that because effectively a couple of you know a number of months or like the beginning the, the end of the year before the tournament is even put in you have the you have the draw and there was a huge cutoff between top eight, which will be your top two seeds in each of the groups coming in, yep. and then below that. And there are enough good teams that you have, like, nine or ten good teams, which means that, like, you're going to have, like, historically there has been, like, a Scotland or a Wales, which drops just outside of the top eight. Then they'll peak again for the tournament, and then you've got yes. like a really fucked group, because you have, like, mm. a group of deaths with, like, I think we had one which was, like, Australia, Wales, England in one tournament, and then yes. England in their home. Yeah, World and Cup we've got, got South Africa, Ireland, out, Scotland. Which is fucking great. <laughs> and then there was, like, yeah, there was a whole load of things like that um and even then i would argue that the seeding system for rugby is much better than other sports and um and like uh, and like other tournaments on the whole it's pretty okay even then they have some issues with that at least i think that is a fair group of death system where like oh my Mm. god there are just too many teams for like the, the like have the top two be completely even and then have you're gonna have a third seed which is gonna be like the the third seed from hell effectively out of
2: out of um, so let me tell you about things. this amazing concept that the Dota devs like figured out ages ago and it's actually sick where you play and you might not like it but it's amazing you start early twelve o'clock and you play lore. And upper bracket and the final on the same day, you play the lower bracket final, and then the team that wins that goes plays the final on the exact same day. You play. al enough, to... Elgel also used to do that. <laughs> right, and so you could be potentially playing ten games. The burnout on you, and also for some people, it's a bonus. Like I remember LS was talking on stream. He thinks uh, a limb's shit because he says he would opt to be in double lm because he thinks it's better to play more games. Um. Uh, he's. It makes it better to be pulling more games because it'll give you more stage practice and get you better. Uh, on CLS some logic it's, to that.
1: i just go um, ask all the people. More- it's more apparent in other games so I know something that Thorin was saying I can't remember in which podcast it was one of them he's on an awful lot of them (laughs) CS it's better to be playing more games because you need to be muscle memory in the zone the problem Mm. with something like a MOBA is that so much of your winning strategy comes from prep you do need a significant amount of time to get off the rift and prep at that point so when you're in league like like, it's very hard to turn around and do it the same amount of games as something like a CS
2: so and, and this is the big thing that is perfectly fine to say that in utility right but LS is all is from uh is from like native to like Korean esports, and he would know that uh, OSLS were single limb, and the other um, tournaments, years ago they became single limb later on. I can't remember it's the the name of the tournament just escaped me. They were double limb, right? And yeah. uh, they were slightly less prestigious than OSLS, but they were like the next best thing you could win. And the amount of great players that lost at these. Like thing at uh, uh, these tournaments by dropping down into the lower bracket and then they just randomly got put it out was fucking crazy. It is, it is more, it, it is a better double lim is a better um, uh, it is a better system for more consistent and better teams because obviously you get like two lives, right? But so like it like makes upset like less random and it keeps yeah. uh, power seeding. The problem not the problem, but like the thing about it is is you actually have to make the lower bracket section of it like punishing. Because the great thing about if you make the upper bracket seeding, like they're the high seeds. So you know it's like one mm. plus three, three plus four, and then it's like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten are on the lower bracket, right? The whole point of that is as one or two or three drop into the lower bracket. All those teams that are down there—they are now playing against those teams. Like they are—they are winning a series, and then they're walking into three. And then, or oh, do they beat three? Or oh, they're now walking into two because two lost to one. Or oh, they beat two—you know, four seed maids all the way. They still had to beat two and three. They and now they have to beat one to win the final. Like it shouldn't be like easy, and, and it, it really isn't. All you're basically doing is you're saying that like, oh um, do you call instead of having games where like uh, one plays eight. We're not going to do one plays eight. We're going, to, and that would just be single limb. We're going to just do one plays two. So the upper bracket gives you a higher concentration of, like, you know, what I mean, top teams playing each other. The other thing is, is like, when so you have, again, LGL playoffs had that in the juggernaut. No, match, I'm, i really sure. Good. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like these, there are people that know yeah. what the good. It's, it's tried yeah. and true. What the good. But go, are. going
0: to going back to your point, because I think actually I quite like the system you suggested hero but you are kind of in reality also tapping into what gillia said and what i believe which is the more you play official games the better you're going to be i do genuinely believe as well that one of the main one of the main reasons that east is better is because they play so many more official matches and i think scrim practice is so fucking overrated and i think if you have a system where i mean i don't know if scheduling wise they would be able to do two round robins of best of threes like, i don't oh. know if they would or wouldn't but um so, yeah sorry go on the outside the outside thing here is actually something which i've asked
1: for not necessarily for major regions but i think this could play into it as well i think you should bring back a riff rivals equivalent for seeding over international tournaments i think that solves a lot of these issues if you don't have like actual seeding if you don't have good seeding have a tournament which does that seeding for you because it's yeah. very hard to judge between tournaments i think. In the past, I think I would have valued this more for minor regions where you had, like, for some reason, LGL and Pool 4 when they had their fucking crazy 2021 roster and they ended up getting to groups. Um, I think now, like, now you've got regions like CBLOL, which are in a similar position, where they had, like, loud go on good runs as well. Um, I think having a seeding tournament... At some point during the year maybe if you do do that in a winter thing or, or maybe but you in, don't need to
2: I, is the point and see if you instead of doing swiss at worlds this year sorry like, if you if you're, if
1: you're or, going to have an extra international tournament i think that's the one you need to do just do a seeding tournament but sometime. here's
2: the thing so say at msi they just done open season and it was a bit of a mess it was all right but i think msi might end mm. up being the best tournament this year worlds okay we are go- about to do swiss i know we're attracted slightly but like, for example i hope to god LAC never uses swiss it's fucking terrible so swiss they're going to use swiss at worlds why? There is literally a tried and true method for uh, Worlds type tournaments which is t- instead of one super group, two super group and then you cross seed. So you put like China one, Korea one, then like China two, Korea two, China three, Korea three, any one, any two, anything and you cross pollinate all the groups right? And at the end of the day, I think the, the worst the Glico rating ever was in Dota was like 400 points which in for seeding is like that's insane like how, how close they are so that was like a, 2400, a 2,100 average and a 1,700 average and that was like one of the weirdest Dota tournaments ever so it's a really consistent format and everyone just plays series against each other for seeding and then you draw the cross groups for worlds like why that that there you go that's like that's all again solved another massive BO1 BO3 fiasco. Yeah, I issue. think
0: that's kind of what Nymera said so like yeah you can just do these inter. Yay. Yeah. Same
1: like... same mindset different different method. Yeah, but what you're
2: talking about <laughs> because no no the the issue with that what you're talking about there is, is like you're talking about a, a seeding tournament bef- like before worlds yeah that you're saying. Um, what if China I would, won... The
1: schedule the schedule will be a bit weird on that but like yeah i think a seeding tournament sometime prior to international tournaments makes a lot of sense
2: for example say uh, china top fours they send four teams and all four are one two three four and then it's korea one, two, three, four, right, okay? And so you've now got the Korean team at, like, eight. And then, like, a couple of months, you know, you'd go do, like, summer, right, okay? Like, do you think those, like, seedings would really stay the same? Like, I think that no. would get you way more extreme bias. No, 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 no. I,
1: but, I, but I think it is closer than having EU and NA as first seed groups yeah, we've yeah, had in previous yeah, worlds. Yeah, and that's look, the thing. Anything's think, better look, than this, uh, I and, 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 and that's, and that's the thing. That's, that's where it, like, gets really, really crap for riot as, as, a brand, as a as a brand of what they want to do in their broadcast where they want to make sure that there is good representation to their main audience, which is largely English speaking for their global product of NAEU teams. But realistically, the realistic ones in Korea th- th- I, and, but yes and I completely understand that. but the way that the world's broadcast the world format tends to work is that you do give over prioritization mm. to NAEU and, and we've seen over the last few years you had to crawl that back and give four seeds to China four seeds to career and because we've now had a fourth seed win from career as well in drx and shit like that and we've had good deep runs from fourth seeds from both those regions you have to be like well you know if lec and um, lcs first seeds can't even get out of groups of points can't even go get like past quarterfinals like, at what point can you mm. keep them as first seeding groups and stuff like that? That has been a conversation for years. That has been a conversation since, yeah, like, I've season ag- four. Like, yeah, I've shit have no for all conversation.
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's the fact yeah. that they just kept doing the same thing over and over again. That's yeah. what caused the frustration. It's, they literally chose the worst seeding method imaginable, apart from lottery seeding. The only way they could have done worse was lottery seeding.
0: Yeah, but anyway, guys, I think we've uh, covered that one. So just before I let you go, I just want to get both of your quick thoughts on... Obviously, the LEC official, LEC MVP, was named this past week, which was Mickey X. Um, I believe Yike came second in voting, and Hans Summer came third. So, very quickly, Nymero, do you agree with that? And what other names would you throw into the conversation, if, if you believe there are any? Um, Mickey, absolutely. I think the problem is, you have a lot of
1: teams which have been very inconsistent, and they haven't been winning in the same way. I think the only other name that I'd actually throw in is Yankos. Um I think really? that... I think, yeah, but purely because I don't think there has been one player which has been stylistically dragging their team over the finish line at points like that. I think that Jankos, like, throughout the entirety of the... Cause a, is this a season MVP or something? Yeah, season, season. For the full year, absolutely Jankos, then. Yeah, absolutely Jankos. Yeah. I think that he has done I agree. A, an absolute Herculean effort. I think that so why, did, having, so why having, having like, two GT players in the top three, why did they win? Because I think that they had a better stylistic approach to the game, and, and I think it was that has a unit, they better. Okay, actually, not to good Clurve, I Clare w- I w- okay. literally shut, won these Shut, shut team up, you're right. shut up, shut up, shut up. You're right, shut up. Okay, so it is. It is, it is. Mickey, I think it's Jankos, then I think it's Kazi. I think those three are, ha- are on my short list. But you're right, uh, God damn it. you're right.
2: N- <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so let me just say, I would just like, see when you hear MVP, it doesn't need to go be that long. When you hear MVP, what is your criteria? When you, if you were to vote MVP in LEC, what is yours, just quickly?
0: This is why, oh, by nine. the way, I go, right. this is why I would put Jankos on the list, because I go... I yep. take the literal word value and apply yeah. that. And by that metric, Yankos is a value to his team. Is arguably greater than any other player's individual value to their team. He, as Nymeria said, dragging dead corpses sometimes. What about Crowney on
2: BDF?
0: No, definitely not. I don't think he was as important. And look at look at yeah, not as important because you had times when, uh, uh, like Shio in Spring, for example, was very strong. Nicks had some good Um, games as well, actually. Yeah, Yeah. but when
2: Crowney like when Crowney plays bad, that team cannot do anything. But
1: mm-hmm. then, if it's about playing badly, that's meta- then you say that's also Russell, just which meta, needs to be on meta as well. <laughs> um, not
2: meta, it? like yeah. Crownie's just but, played bad at the end, and the teams just fell to absolute. Text. Yeah, but then I, mean, I think that's the case for any AD carry. Though, yeah, exactly. But then you're just saying, then you're saying <laughs> it's
0: a bot lane meta. That's all that is, which I agree with. But then well, I'm, I'm not going to dish out awards based on the fact that people have just played the default position. I think mm-hmm. if if it had been any other AD carry, also like Crownie's had too many low lights. And by the way, the fact that you're able to it make Yankos,
2: that... Yankos, by the way, like, Yankos has got loads of mm. lowlights. I could go and grab them yeah. all right now. Massive team fights, he's blundered. Going top and getting double killed with Evi three times. Like, throwing away, yeah. like, entire, like, sure. series. But it seems to be okay for Yankos to do it. I don't know why, but...
0: No, I mean, well, f- first of all... Because he's
2: got Evi. that's why he's not my MVP. That's why they're not there. First
0: of all, my, my, I, I think I would probably go with Mickey overall. I would just throw Yankos into the conversation. Yeah. But I would say yeah, that yes, it's, so. very di- it's very different... To be an AD carry who is constantly fucking up. This is what answering your question, by the way, Kira, than it is to be a no. jungler because it's so, so much easier. The mar- like, not the literal micro uh margin for error, because obviously AD carry is the epitome of micro margin for error, right? But it's so much harder to do Jankos's job than being a fucking AD carry, by the way. Like when you're uh, not- a- a- been ahead like, for example, in spring when BDS were the best macro team, arguably better than G2 at macro, I would even say, in spring. Kazi's, uh, of sorry's sorry's job is so much easier than yep. trying to elevate a team as a jungler on a bad team. Like, you're going to, of course you're going to make mis- mistakes or be wrong place, wrong time or whatever. Like, I think the the degree of difficulty for what Jankos did is so much higher. Let's be real, AD carry, and this doesn't mean you can't win MVP if you're an AD carry, but AD Carry is the most plug and play position in League of Legends and Jungle is the Good. least plug and play position in yes. League of Legends.
2: So let me read something. What is the best role in the game right now?
0: The best role? What do you mean? The, the most yeah, important what's the role? Best, strongest. You're, you're t-
2: strongest role in the game right now. Well, I mean, that's 80 carry, yeah. Right, okay, yeah. and you're talking about value. So, why is it if they're bringing the most exactly. value to the team and exactly. the best value exactly. per role?
1: Value for no, yeah, the position. of okay, that as no, well.
2: No, but here, that, let me raise you the thing. Okay, so Han Sama, right? I'm just yeah. giving you the case, okay? Yeah, yeah. Han Sama was basically never bad, yeah. right? Almost the entire time, yeah. okay? Was playing the better role than Mickey X, yeah. right? And is making G2 like the really good version of G2 that we think of inside our head. And then we all say, Mickey X. I've, I I'm think not I'd not saying be, that would okay or okay
1: are bad. I think that when you look at Mickey, I think when you look at Jankos, and I think when you look at Kazi as well, they have gone above and beyond the situations that they are in in-game to bring as much value out of Ooh. that position, which if you put another player into those positions, they would not have done the same. And you have some points of comparison to say, I don't think any other jungler in the position of Jankos could have done what he did for that team, and I think that is exceptional. I think when you look at Hans Sama, I think he was the best AD carry in the league, absolutely. But I think there are other AD carries in the League where i'm like okay well i think the meta helps them i think the drafts help them i think that there are other carrier carries which could have so led but to x is winning in as spite,
2: well no no let me read you the higher the higher point then mickey x is winning in spite of the fact that his role is so shit that the next person after him is so low down yeah, i mean well yes, han sama is the best of the best role in the league the best role in lec that's right best, now not
1: most valued that's why mvp not
2: like for all pro first this is why like yeah, no, but when VTO won his
1: mvp i put humanoid as best mid but not most valuable mid because that was VTO.
2: yeah but what i'm saying uh, the point i'm making is is we all say Right, year on year out, it's a bottling meta. Right, okay, yep. ADC is the best role. Right, yep. okay, it's the best role in Europe. But because Mickey X is playing the weakest role, but he's the best of the weakest roles, then he's the most valuable player. So by deduction, support is like the best way to win MVP in Europe because it is the worst role because you can make the delta the biggest. That is,
0: well, to be fair, That's if you a are, factor. yeah, that is a factor. Like if you are that much better than the next role, but also the, the, the idea that like ADC is a more, um, pivotal role right now or where the meta is based, I would also say it's not just what Nymero said, which is like role for role, Yankos is doing an amazing job or whatever. It's also in spite of the fact that ADC is so important, Yankos is having ludicrous impacts yes. from that position, like ludicrous impact, like hands. Same with Mickey. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 about, um, as I said, for me, it's a pure value proposition because that's what the thing's called. When people say like, mine is just, I give it to the best player. And I'm like, that, that's not the name of the award. So I interpret the award for value. And again, it's numeric. Take Yankos out of that team, put in any other jungler, and they do not do as well, in my opinion. Take Crowney out of BDS, and half the junglers in the league will have a similar performance, if not better. That's the difference, right? So his individual value is actually much lower because if I'm forced, let's say he gets injured, right? Let's say you, Kira, you say to me, Crownley's so valuable, then he gets injured, and I'm like, ah, sucks. I'll put Callist in a B carry and Callist hits the ground running, and nothing changes. Well, he wasn't valuable, was he? By definition, he wasn't that valuable because there are a a 580 carry sitting on the bench like or not in LEC who I could plug and play in that role and they could have a similar level of performance. Yankos breaks his wrist and then I have to get a jungler. I'm fucked. I'm completely fucked. That's the difference. That's why it's value, not best. If you want
1: to say no, that Hans-Sama... I, I Sammer, don't think anyone can perform the Mickey X or or Jankos roles in their teams. Yeah, like I don't think anyone could do that. Yeah,
0: yeah uh, Hans-Sama does have a case for being, like, best player, if you like,
2: because he's shown, like, the highest level of play, possibly, oh, maybe. Because you can't yeah. play, like... Like, G2, if I take away Hans-Sama, I yeah. wipe him off, and I give you Kobe, okay? Yeah, am yeah, yeah. you Kobe, yeah? You now can't play the dominant lane style. Yikes yeah. now worse, right? Okay? Yeah. Yikes now worse. You're now front-run London front running leads less caps is also playing bad yeah so you now you're more reliant on broken blade you're not yep. playing the call call babe. you're not playing the cluster lanes no, you're agree. not playing all the jinx lanes of that like, uh, to me that's why he deserves guys. votes no, yeah. no no to me those things right correlate to g2 wins
0: yes Agree more
2: than what Mickey X is doing as a player. Well, that's
1: not true. I think Mickey X's roams and his impact on skirmishes is undeniable.
0: It's an
2: argument. It's like I'll say it's an argument. They both deserve
0: votes, in my opinion. Like they both. And I would just doesn't. Was my only point. I will will raise you the
2: even higher one. If if you've watched the LPL and I just want to see you consistent, as missing the MVP, or as missing the MVP of the LPL, or as a ruler or knight. And if, uh, what's it, up?
1: It's it, it's it's Scout actually.
2: Oh no <laughs> you, no for you.
1: Do you think it's Scout? I think Scout's been fucking incredible this year. Yeah, I think it's Scout. Yeah. Okay. He is like single-handedly like carrying. But like, I can he take has Scout
2: been... out. No no, I can take Scout out and I can give you like Rookie Knight. Knight's literally done a better job than Scout in the exact same position That's and... not
1: true. That's not true. Knight had a really bad end summer compared to Scout. Like Scout was fucking great the entire year long. No no no, no, no and then like Knight had like
2: hard carried teams to like yeah, points that like Scout yeah. has not and Scout had like good players and Knight had deified bums like as his like support <laughs> and top laner. So no, what I'm saying is, it's like, so Scout was your MVP, but you've created a different set of metrics for Mickey X. No, no, I haven't. I think that they're both really good players who have a
1: huge impact. Now, of course there's always going to be a certain degree of ITAS, but I think that Mickey, like given his position in the game does more value than other players do in their roles, in their positions in the game. That is why she
0: is like, my mvp i, I, I mean I just have, so much i think the, your the, argument but, for hands isn't no. bad by the way kira like i agree yeah, with a lot of what you're saying like it's,
2: it's not and it's not even the argument i'll tell you where it all comes from because i'm not trying to ru- cause a ruckus i actually <laughs> think mickey x is actually I my problem is in league of legends if i was to have someone be a dog on my team i would have it be support I would have it be no other oh, role. You can't but... do that
1: now, not in the current meta. Like jungle support is like everything you do in terms of skirmishes in
2: early game. I would have, I would still have it be, I would still have it be support. You cannot, like, I would not have it be like, I would, would have not have it be mad. What? Well, no, I wouldn't have it be. Top you want lane, a dog
0: in now. this meta in the West? It's a, it's a not, in, I the, I we, in the West. The... It's yeah in the, the west thing.
2: we're now like again we're now oh, tying in into like regional but what i'm just saying is that i would like have it as support because i think support generally is like the weakest like power role they're responsible for not farming not pushing lanes they're responsible for other things right no you like, know they're not responsible boy, for laning they're responsible for landing no 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 though. i for, get it i mean to pushing lanes as in like, like oh wave, right, yeah, lane, so sure. wave management and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. It, yeah. you know what i mean like they're not responsible for like keeping farm they have like a gpm item that's on them that keeps them in the game like taking over like these are the things I just think their overall role is weaker and so it's easier for them to uh, flourish where in my head like mid is still the god role like the best players are all still in red and they still supply their team with the highest value now mid and eu is at its worst period and so i now look at g2 and i look at g2 and i go look i look at that g2 team and i'm like oh what who brings the most value who correlates because value at the end of the day should result in wins and who produces the most wins for g2 and for me, in my opinion, I think it's really close. I I, I would die in the hell that it's Han Sammer Across the full year before it's Mickey X.
0: I mean, I can I can I I can buy the, the argument. I, I, I would pro, I it's yeah i mean it's close if someone wanted to say that mvp was hands, i wouldn't be like wow i know we're
2: right like there. arguing over like fin- uh, phoenicia no here, but i think important. it's interesting
1: have, yeah because you have to you have to nail down your criteria right and that's the problem that's forever been the problem yeah. with with league of legends where let's just say the actually, there there are there hmm. are and this is this comes into a larger conversation about how do you judge a player in league of legends because actually ah. numerically you can't really it's one of my big problems with broadcasts in a lot of ways when you see numbers on a screen and they're meant to tell you whether a player is good or bad but you don't really understand why those numbers mean they're good or bad. Sometimes it says big number is good, small number is bad. Like, that doesn't tell you the difference between meta, champion pools, matchups versus yeah, another player's champion variables. pool, your role within the team. There is infinite variables, so you never have a sample size which is big enough to give you numbers which tells you this player is good. You have to go by edge to eye test after a certain while, even though numbers can lead you in the right direction. Yeah. Unless they're extreme numbers, they actually don't give you a conclusion, which means that you have a big problem about how do you nail down how good a player is. And you have to do that through just experience your own view of the game. You have to kind of like almost commit to like, kind of like a creed of League of mm. Legends in terms of like, how do you want to see the game played? And yeah, for me in terms of, of value, that is separate from being a holistically best player because sometimes that comes into the fact of sometimes a player is very good at one style of League of Legends. This is the VTO kind of argument, where actually they're not always good on all champions in all situations, but they're very, very spiky in terms of like, if you have a graph of their stats in terms of like assassin play, mage play, team fight, laning, all this stuff, they're going to have tens in some and like sixes in others. But because their team has only ever seen them play this one style, actually the value they're bringing to their team has been very good because of that. Maybe this actually adds in, adds and attracts into the Hanshammer thing, where actually they're playing multiple styles, which Hanshammer is all very, very good at. As it happens, I think that Mickey brings more impact from his role than he has any right to, which is why I think he overperforms compared to his role. I think overperformance compared to role weighs more on my mind than yep. in terms of absolute power of the role and how a player slides into that.
2: Yeah. Can I just ask one quick question? Because it's a real, a real one. When Caps beat Larson back in season, I think it was season ten. Um, it was the summer. They lost to G two in the lower bracket in five games, right? I he, caps uh, Larson lost to the MVP to caps, and I asked everyone a simple question: What should, did Larson have to have done differently to have won, to have gotten your MVP vote? And then people joked and said, "Buy more medjays." That was like the meme answer at the time, right? Um, what for you would Hansa have to have done for you you to have got the first place vote for you off of Mickey X? Would it literally have just been die less, kill more? like, be more lane dominant. I mean,
0: by the way, as an example, because there's immediate things that are, like, popping into into my head already, because yeah. I do think he's ironed out, like, when he was on Rogue, for example, I actually think he was very yeah. overrated. I think he's very good, but very overrated, because he was getting caught in lots of key moments in big big games. That did happen again, for example, in the XL series, the one where, again, this is stupid upper bracket final, and then they rematch in the final, but it's not the real final, because it's summer, whatever. When they went five games, hands. Was getting blown up a whole bunch of times during that series, and that's really stuck in my mind. He was getting caught on the cog was even in a couple of games where they won. Hands
2: was not yeah. playing very well. Yeah, he, he went across the team fight as Kaisa and then yeah. used the yeah. ult to him and caps, whiffed all their ults. and I know, I, and, I, and I remember the X, games. XL
0: was like very well synergized in that series, and they yeah. identified like how and when to catch hands and to blow him up, but they were principally taking advantage of of his fuck-ups and mispositions. And he solo lost at least one of those games, arguably two of those games. Um, and I think, again, like, obviously, you can point to things where Jankos fucked up or whatever. But again, to, to your other point of how many wins is a player worth, if, if that's what you want to equate to real value, I think heretics probably have double the wins they would have had over the course of uh, yeah. Jankos being there. No, that's actually a up.
1: very good question, Akira. I do like that in terms of like... But I think my answer to in terms of what walk could of hands do you? done that's a difficult question because you're not judging anything below a certain mean line and saying oh they just have to make up this difference yeah. or something like that you're dealing with people pushing beyond that mean line and saying yeah. they have done something truly excellent to do that uh, so for instance when i see something like mickey's Lysandra game completely flip a game in g2's favor mm. because they um completely destroyed that Rakan game i know that doesn't factor in because the votes happened before it but there are games no, but like i get, that with, I get like, the factor you're yeah, talking that's that's about yeah. stupid but in like itself it, by the, me,
0: the way
1: that it's yeah it hard it hard um, it's hard to say that because actually you need to see something truly excellent but beyond the norm and that's what i saw from mickey in terms of his skirmish potential and the way that he was like playing the Braum in an aggressive manner which other supports couldn't do at that point as well i don't think that han summer would have been an unworthy mvp i just think that Mickey
0: was more worthy of it it's just a difference in excellence really and by the way what i would just say <laughs> and probably finish on here, because uh, we're now over yeah. two hours. But what I would just say is, a there chat, huh? is still an angle, theoretically, because this is my biggest pet peeve, other than the people who are allowed to vote, by the way, that when the voting is done, because, hypothetically, Kazi could play six games in a row as prime ruler or Uzi Eye or whatever, absolutely annihilate everyone, put them on his backpack, and how the fuck would that guy not be MVP if he did that? If he, Hypothetically, if he played six insane games in a row and smashed everyone and showed the highest level of AD carry play ever seen in Europe he would be the MVP of the year when it's all said and done and it's not just the recency bias because obviously this summer this uh fight season finals is the most important by the way so it should have the highest weight plus they also won a title in spring with Kazi playing very well right so he no. would actually be the MVP if that hypothetical happens so that's my last little qualm on this I think it's so stupid to do these votes early because you don't know what's going to fucking happen for example some people gave like caps MVP votes which I think is kind of wild in itself but he could again he could have six games in a row or oh, no he can't because he's only playing the final but he, he could have like no. a horrendous final and be the reason they lose right and then if he well, won MVP well like well,
1: Chasey stupid. has some great games in their title run what if Chasey has six games back to back now where he solo carries like yeah. that, and, that could actually
0: factor into it yeah because yeah. again it's not just just about who wins as well, it's about the voting, and there is a second place and a third place. Like the whole thing could be completely skewed with like, like six games. A lot of this now. is because of the logistics though, because at Worlds we now have finals
1: MVPs rather than tournament MVPs, which mm. for me is a disgrace. Yeah, I think stupid. that worlds should have a tournament MVP yeah. because oh my god, I the finals is not the story of the tournament. Yeah, I think we should have both, yes. Yeah. But the fact that it's like um like season five worlds, it was fucking Marin that was MVP of finals, and I'm like, but it was faker as the MVP yeah, yeah. of the tournament, like what the hell's happening here, you yeah. know. Um, there's a lot of history being stripped back from that too, because you'll remember back to the award, but you won't necessarily, like, at least casual viewers will not remember back to the. Yeah, people the, don't care about that. This is a big problem, actually, point. because actually, I think you do need to really celebrate players like Hans Summer for this year. Fantastic fucking yes. season from Hans Sama. But because if Mickey gets the MVP, who are you going to remember? I, I, You're I'm not probably going to remember not, the Mickey MVP.
2: I'm, I'm hmm. not going to, like, lose sleep over it. I think it's a good MVP Maybe vote. Hans Mickie, Sama will. <laughs> no, I think Mickey X definitely deserves yeah, yeah, yeah. it, and by most people in the scenes, uh conditions of value, they have been relatively consistent, that Mickey X should have, in fact, got it. I think, we didn't really touch on it that much, but I think Yike and Hans Sama also all being on the MVP yeah. voting, that's where it gets a little bit silly but we'll not even get into that much. By the way, just one last thing. Back at...
1: Now at the start of the... End of the year, we we're talking about G2 like blowing out so much of parts of the split stuff like this. Preseason, when I was talking about these rosters, like Yike was the player I said, yo, this guy could like legitimately lead this team if he integrates well into like a full like season win. This could be fucking awesome. I'm pretty fucking happy with my read on G2 this year. They had a great year. And the fact that they came in with... This jungler, which like came out of like ERLs, but it's really hard to step up from ERLs to LEC. Like how well have they integrated these players, man? They've done a really good job this year. By the way,
0: I missed out, speaking of good takes or potential good takes, I missed out on what, have, what would have inarguably been the greatest League of Legends take of all time, right? Bear with me. So I already had <laughs> I... a banger, which was somewhat a cynical banger, but whatever, it happened when I predicted that after Mad would finish joint ninth, that they would make the lec finals no. right imagine if i double or nothing on this split and said that that mad team which lost eight games in a row would then make this final and then they make the final and then i did that but imagine if i'd gone all in on that that would have been unreal that would be the single greatest but now uh, i didn't even think of it so there you go <laughs> you know what i didn't oh, no. think only oh, you
1: happening. had this thing which you hadn't thought of it would have been the best <laughs> yeah, time
0: exactly. yeah but, uh, really good goal post though <laughs> yeah no well anyway uh thanks guys for watching thank you of course uh nightmare for joining us i have to scrape the barrel for anime references but don't worry next time there'll be a new oh, one I'm gonna bring i'll get my, i'll, no, get, no, 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 I'll next get some time, I will bring my own anime reference next time for one of you okay. two. I'm, I'm going I'm to get some re- okay. warning
1: shots. <laughs> Return fire. <laughs>
0: okay. Who, no- who says they're a shot? I don't know anything about these characters. Maybe they're, you know, great stand-up oh, you people can be with really interesting character unaware, arcs. Then. So, yeah. But anyway, yeah. thanks guys for watching and uh, we will see you next time.